Oh, come on. This is your time to debrief and to decompress with your friends. Tell us all uh, about your life. Uh, you know, my friends. I'm recording this bit, but I don't think I can use it. Why can't you oh, yeah? use it? Because we'll get in big trouble. By who? With who? San Francisco? Women. No, no I, I love women. Women are great. That's what every man who hates women says. <laughs> uh, no, it'll be, it'll be fine, Hamza. It'll, it, Jim, it'll be fine. Everyone knows Hamza's just uh, a little uh, crusty around the edges. He's a bit, you must be jet-lagged. When did you get home? Uh, I got home yesterday, actually. I had one hell of a flight back. Uh, I got home at 2 o'clock and then went to bed at 3 and then didn't wake up until 5 o'clock this morning. See, he's not sexist. He's jet-lagged. Yeah. <laughs> Hamza, of course, <laughs> having come back from Gamescom um, in Cologne, Germany, where... Which is quite the show. I, it, I yeah. can't wait to tell you guys about it, but I, I don't want to jump ahead here. It was a big show. It was busy. It's, I don't remember Gamescom <laughs> ever being... Hectic. It was um, like it seemed like a third of the E three amount of news, which is a huge amount. That was a lot. Yeah, I was mm. I was working just at home. Like I don't normally have to do anything during Gamescom. It's like a fuck off week. Um, but a lot <laughs> happened. Obviously, Harmster and Dale were out in Cologne doing the the real work, the yes. hard work. It wasn't fun for them, from what I heard. Not fun at all. Uh, it was just very, very intense. It was, I mean, okay, imagine doing E3, but there's only two people doing it. That's basically what Gamescom was like. Wow, man. Yeah. But uh, great stuff you saw and great work you did on television. Yeah, yeah, I still I still have some stuff coming, um, some interviews and features, but there was a lot of good content there. I, I, I mean, like, like that EA, E3 comparison, like, so there's two two big ass halls at E3. You guys know it as well. You've we've oh, done sure. E3 together mm. for the last few years. Okay, so imagine imagine E3 gets uh, six more halls. <laughs> That's wow. basically Gamescom. Wow. Really? Yes. So it's but bigger I mean, than E3. You're saying it's it's a lot bigger than E3, but at the same time, um, I mean, the booth space for the show is a lot bigger too. So like. So imagine the West Hall at E3, but there's only four game developers there because they have that much space. They've taken up that much space. Right. So, so just like while massive, it is bigger, yeah, yeah, it's bigger, but at the same time, it's also smaller in some ways as far as the amount of games that are there. Right. So there's more space, it's more spread out. Because E3, you you'll miss stuff because it's so densely packed. You'll be looking at something. There'll be something really awesome right behind it that you'll never see. Oh yeah, there'll like be stuff. Things. There'll be stuff you wanted to see, and you were stood next to it the whole time, and you never knew. Mm-hmm. And then that you, happened to me. Yeah, and then you go home, and people say, "Did you see this?" And you're like, well, "Where was it?" Because yeah. it's yeah, it's hard to find shit. Well, uh, uh, Code of Princess. That's what happened to me with Code of Princess. I was playing that damn Persona game, which is awesome, the fighting game. Code of Princess was right next to it. I never even played it. Uh, I'm uh, sorry, you're saying. Yeah. Um, the, the same thing happens at uh, at Gamescom too. We didn't we didn't find out until like on Saturday when the public is open to the public and there's a ton of people there. We didn't find out until then that the Steam Valve booth had like ten indie games, um, like Castle Crashers on Steam and and um, 
some sequel to some popular couple of indie games. Uh, hmm. Hotline Miami was there too, and all these other things. We didn't know until after we were done with Gamescom. Like there was no time to go back. So that that still does happen with the show because I mean it's easy for for the Steam Valve boot to get overshadowed when you're next to Sony's gigantic setup, and then. Uh, it, it, it's the decadence is, is ridiculous at this show. Like, <laughs> they're they are we're selling earplugs because these booths don't have limits to how high they can crank the audio. Like, I, the people oh, at the Napster booth, no. for instance, were all wearing earplugs because the audio was so deafening loud. I imagine that just leads to an arms race where they're just trying to out sound each other. Yeah, mm. there, there's that, and then the way they promote and show off everything, too, is ridiculous. I, I linked to it, this on Twitter today, but at the Wargaming booth, they had these four four big open windows. So imagine, like, you're walking down Amsterdam, you're walking down the Red Light District, you know, how you've seen girls in the windows, they're, like, dancing and showing off their bodies because they want you to come and fuck them. Mm. Um, Indeed. The Wargaming yeah. booth, they had these six giant windows, and... Like every few hours, these like six hot Russian Romanian girls would come out and perform a little dance. Oh my god! Yeah. What at a game show? At a video at a game, game show? show? Like you? Okay. After E3, you saw all those articles about like Ben Kutcher and all these other people bitching and complaining about the 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 women of E3 and how booth babes are are degrading for the industry and everything. They have nothing in compare to compare to with Gamescom. Gamescom is just. There's no fucking limit. It's ridiculous. These are these are like these models will be like 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 uh, call girls or prostitutes, or whatever. They flew in. They imported from Russia and Romania and all these other places to where next to nothing to show off all these game products. That's like, fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh. Interesting. I wonder which direction it's going to go in. Then, for you know, I always assumed that as gaming gets bigger, that that part of it's going to get smaller, but. Europe is pretty progressive. Maybe they're showing us <laughs> yes. the way. Maybe this is how things are going to go. Yeah, maybe. Well, interesting stuff. Were there any hot dudes? Because uh, Europe's also more known for just guys and thongs shaking around and stuff like that. Uh, greasy guys. Sad- sadly, I cannot report on guys and thongs. That's too bad. Because if it's equal opportunity, then it's uh, then it's just sleazy for all, which I'm cool with. But if it's you know only targeted to men, it's a little annoying. That's uh, there are some other crazy setups too. Um, the Guild Wars Two booth, they had this like uh, this this fount this like um, oh, I don't know what what to call it. It's like this uh, like one of those fountains that you would see at a car show that um, can display images with the water. Like it's like a it's like a oh, fuck. What is the term? It's like a water printer. Fuck, I'm on the right track hmm. here. It's basically it can create shapes and patterns with water. Um, so they had that little thing there. There was a giant, giant half pipe promoting Tony Hawk. Like people were skateboarding and shit on it. Like this was like X game style uh, half pipe. Uh, Either way, it sounds like a very, very expensive show. Sounds like a yes. lot of money. It, it sounds like a borderline legal version of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> yeah. So Water okay, stuff? imagine the cost too. But then, like, I mean, the first couple of days at Gamescom, there is a business hall. There's two. Actually, technically four, because it's two levels uh, um, for just meetings with press and the developers and everything else, right? 
And then you have these six other halls for the public. So, I mean, EA has tw- two booths, basically, for the business hall and for the public show. So, basically, every company was doing that. So, you know, you have the regular cost of whatever it would cost you at E3, which sometimes, like, it costs millions to have a booth at E3. I know the the guys at THQ were telling me um, their booth at E3 2011 was over a million dollars. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. That is is fucking stupid. No, respect. THQ always had the best boots. They always had the best boots. They had cool shit. They had people dressed up like Space Marines and Dreadnoughts, all kinds of shit just hanging around. But that is stupid. Yeah. A million it's, dollars. I'll make a million dollars at some point. Yeah, THQ could just give life. me a million dollars, and I'll I'll make sure people pay attention to THQ's booth if they give me a million dollars. Well, they really don't have that kind of money anymore, but yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why. Uh, yeah, they, I, I don't even think, I couldn't even find them at Gamescom. I know they were showing off Company Heroes too, but I could not find them at all. And they sent me some cologne, ha-ha joke. Like, actual cologne, because they said, we, we are going to be in cologne, so have something that is the same name of, of it, please. For oh, Hugo? Yeah, it just turned up. Um, That's nice. Yeah, Hugo Boss, I think it is. It's, yeah, yeah. That's a good cologne. Yeah, it's in my bathroom now. I'd, <laughs> it's achieved nothing for anyone. doesn't make me like the game more, but... I do respect that THQ still sends out ridiculous shit despite having no money. Yeah, we got those uh, those gravestones. The gravestones, that, it's, it's on my desk. Uh, yeah. Heavy as fuck. Like, I mean, that's like proper stone, marble, whatever it is. Yeah, How you can, can you fucking explain break that? someone's skull in. Yeah, I could kill you with this, Jonathan. What is it? Why don't kill me? What are these things? It's, <laughs> it's a, a gravestone. Like, a, a small, it's a miniature gravestone about, oh, I don't it's under a foot tall, but it's it's pretty big and, and heavy. It's made out of proper stone, and it's got Darksiders engraved on it, and then my name, Jim Sterling, and, and on Arms' name, with my date of birth and my date of death, which is 8-14-2012, and the, the date of Darksiders 2, and then it says underneath Lost in the Apocalypse. Um, it's probably the best bit of swag I've, I've ever had, um, mostly because I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of Darksiders anyway, so it's... It's kind of awesome having incredibly limited edition memorabilia for it as a fanboy. Something with oh, my name on it. That's just yeah, mental. Personalized, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but it is just the weirdest. I mean, it's a death threat. Let's not beat <laughs> well, around the bush. We are alive because we were supposed to die last week, apparently. Yeah, that is true. And I so, reviewed the last story on that same day and I'm still breathing. So this thing is well off. <laughs> are people. How mad did people get at you about. Not very. Life? Not very involved fans. People seem to be really mellow this year. Like, Mm -hmm. all the reviews have... I guess they've had other things to be mad about, because obviously we've had a lot of controversies with gender and and this kind of stuff. Um, Like, real personal stuff. You know, it gets very personal. I guess after that, like, having a review controversy is almost welcome, so they're happy to have that to to be upset about and then they're not that upset so everyone goes on just fine um, t- today alone there was like what four four like controversies funcom popcap and someone else thq had some more layoffs yeah, i didn't hear about funcom what happened there i don't know i just saw some people mention it on, on twitter briefly they probably killed a boy yeah <laughs> i'm all buzzing with sorrow because and the, Nintendo Power might close. Oh, oh yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. Totally bummed. And, yeah, this um, I've got no history with. 
because uh, I'm British. Oh. I never Nintendo Power wasn't this big cultural, historical, sentimental thing to me that it is to Americans. I see a lot of people are very upset. Some people, mm-hmm. you know, parading, going, hooray, hooray, print media is dead, the internet is better, kids <laughs> rule, grandpa rules, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nintendo Power, it's... Obviously doesn't resonate with me, but it's obviously very sad that it closed down. I guess, Jonathan, it mean, mean, means a lot to you. Well, I like those guys. Um, Chris Hoffman, I've seen at shows uh, for years now. He's just a really great guy, and he's perfect for what that magazine does, which is, you know, they try very hard to... Well, not exist. <laughs> no, and I haven't, I'm not sure it's really closing. I'm hoping that's... Right. Not. No, no, it is. I, there, there are people on Twitter that work at the company that mentioned that it's true and that they're, they're saying that the final issue, will, they'll go out in a bang. Uh, oh, yeah? That's Hansa yeah. for you. Jonathan Holmes' very own anti-Santa. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. basically. laughs> well, they've been saying it for years that they may close because they're... I think their circulation is like 500,000 an issue where right. uh, Game Informer is 3 million or 4 million. I mean, they're just not... Game Informer! That's such let's, a bad comparison. Let's just say Game Informer isn't a magazine. Mm. They, we can't compare them. Game Informer is a collection of press releases. <laughs> oh, ouch. Basically. And I say that, yeah, I, I know people at Game Informer. I, I get on with them. It's, it's not a bad magazine, but Jesus Christ, they might as well just be a PR firm at this rate. Mm, sure. um, fair play to them. It's how you got to succeed as a magazine, you know. Uh, but it does get annoying when you literally can't talk to anyone about any game until Game Informer's had its fill for, like, three months. Yeah, it's true. They get a lot yeah. of exclusives. Yeah, well, they're, you know, well, you know, you they know. have the whole GameStop tie-in, too. So. Right. So it's a huge thing. They wouldn't be, no offense to them, they wouldn't be big if it weren't for the fact you get a free subscription with GameStop. But anyway. You don't uh, get free. Uh, if you join their weird club, right, or something? I think you get a yeah. discount. No, I think it's free because we have we used to get it sent to us and there's no way Alex would condone paying for a magazine in oh. this house. Um, <laughs> well, and no, I, I, we never I, asked for them. We never asked for them. Huh. Yeah, you, you get them whether you want them or not. When you join their club, which uh, you get used games for cheaper, which pays for itself for, for yeah. me within like I, a few months. They just you sneak into sure. your house and touch you when you're asleep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I, I I paid, I signed up for their membership because I want a Game Informer. Oh really? Huh. Okay. And I had to pay for it. Maybe I only signed up. Maybe only you told them. Maybe that's only, the difference. I only signed up because I there were pictures of me in the Game Informer issues that I wanted. <laughs> we have been in that magazine quite a few times. I've seen yeah. Dale in there. I've seen Chad in there. I've seen you in there, Hamza. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like it's like, you know. The celebrity gossip section of a magazine, except it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> no, no, no ounce of celebrity matters in the game industry. Like Cliff Blazinski is probably the closest celebrity in the game industry, and in the real world, he like George Clooney would not bother to scrape him off his shoe. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not the- saying that as an insult to Blazinski. It's just perspective. Oh, it's just where games are in the greatest. There's a lot of ego involved in the game industry, and none of us mean anything. No, an extra in Twilight is more famous than Cliff Blazinski in the big picture. (laughs) (laughs) That is, again, like, we... we, Oh, God, if he doesn't hate us enough already. 
it's well, you know, everything I'm saying about it's got no reason to hate us. It's times mm. ten for us. Oh, aside from the fact that we say true things. <laughs> and I, I still like the guy. I mean, he hates oh. me. He wants to punch me. I still no. like the guy. I bet he's over it. I bet the. No, was... I'm still blocked on Twitter. Oh, uh, maybe you just forgot. People stopped being mad at you, I found out. Or stopped being mad at me. People were mad at me, and now they're not. Just give them a month or so, and then you're like, oh, you know, they miss being friends. And then they're like, oh, well, oh. I like you again. Yeah, it's very nice. Thank you. It's a shame. I want to, I want to tongue yeah? Cliff Blazinski in the ear. <laughs> you're not alone on I'd, that. I'd go deep in the crevice, and I would never get to do it now. I had to, like erase that, tipex that out on my to-do list. Is he, with, is he doing the next Gears, too? He does all the Gears, right? He does all the Gears. He does all the Gears and not enough Jazz Jack Rabbitses. <laughs> I guarantee if you like the next Gears, all will be forgiven. I mean, but, if you really like it, not just like it a lot. But like You're only it. as good as your last review score to, in this industry. Yeah, that's what I think. That's where I'm taking it. Speaking of which, I had the guys from Sound Shapes on Subholmes on Sunday. Ooh. And our review for Sound Shapes went up, I think, on Saturday or Friday? Something like that, yeah. That wasn't a good combination. <laughs> <laughs> that did not go... I mean, they were very cordial. Yeah. But, you know, normally people are on the show, Hey, how you doing? They're like, yeah, thanks for having me in the show. I had them on the show before we started. It was like, nice to meet you. Uh, Shawhan is one of the guys. He's like, yeah, when's this, when's, when's this starting? And then the other guy was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom for a while. Like, they, they were totally... Wow. And we didn't give it a terrible score. We gave it a seven. But the text of the score, it was by Ian Barnes, yeah. uh, one of our nice writers. He had like a lot of just air of disappointment, saying like, the only good level is the Beck level, and I thought this was going to be innovative, but it's really just more of the same, and it's okay, I guess, if you want a video game, you can buy it. <laughs> Ooh, so that felt they, weird. They should count themselves lucky, because I gave that review to Ian, uh, because yeah. I'd started playing it, and my first thought was, this is shit! <laughs> Um, wow. so I haven't spent too much time with it and I that was my initial reaction I don't want to feel that way I'm going to try it again and hope for the best but I realised if I persisted with this review things would not go well for anyone huh, interesting. Um, what, what did you not like about it? I didn't like it you know, you know the game? oh sure I got it yeah. You know, yeah the game didn't like it that was my problem didn't <laughs> Then like I did, it, it wasn't my kind of thing really. It's something about the platforming felt wrong to me, and and I had other stuff to do, and I just thought, you know what, someone else will be better for this than me. Mm. Um, sure. Which you know sometimes you have to make that call. It's like I'm not, I'm not the guy for this job. It's not. It's clearly not my type of thing. Even if, you know. Whether it's good or bad, it's not my kind of thing. So Ian was yeah. up for it, and and I gave that to him, and it probably ended up better out all round for them. So sure, sure, sure. I really like it. Uh, I haven't beaten it yet, but when you first start, it seems a little too simple, just like a slowly moving ball jumping. I'm like, oh, okay. But as you go, they introduce new ways to use that mechanic in really interesting ways. But more importantly to me, they find ways to kind of have the line where the music starts and the visuals end um, 
become very blurred. And uh, I really, really enjoyed that stuff. So for me, it was it was great. And I was happy to have them on the show. And towards the end, I think they saw that I liked their game and understood it. And um, A seven's it, a good score. It is. And, and I bet if the text was like, it's a good game, but just not as good as I wanted, they would have been like, okay. But the text was like, there's two good levels, I guess. I mean, it's fine. Like you, you I can think, just you know, tell. It probably also like hampered her day when everyone else has been like, "Oh my god, this is the best thing ever!" Like that's oh, sure. all I saw like the first day of reviews for that game. Yeah, yeah, people are pretty psyched about it. Um, yeah, but anyway, that was great to have them on the show. Check it out if you want. It's on iTunes. I'm happy. Destructoid will bring you down from your high. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's been known to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what have what you guys been playing for video games? Hamza, you want to start with all the stuff you played at Gamescom, or is that too exhausting? Um, oh, shit. Come back to me. I need to look. Oh, take your time. Let's take your time. Jim, you just reviewed the new uh, Transformers game, I saw. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jonathan. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was Hamza. pretty. <laughs> Hamza, check My bad, sorry. That was That's perfectly right. timed. Yeah, Holy shit. that was very nice. That might be the intro for our Dragon Ball Z live tour that we're doing. What? <laughs> didn't you get? What? Didn't you get the press release? I did not. Oh, we've already announced this. Um, yeah, Destructoid. And I, well, I say Destructoid. Me, you, Jonathan Harms, and Conrad are going on tour mm-hmm. uh, for <laughs> the Dragon Ball Z live tour. It's what? called it's called Dragon Ball Z out of their shells. <laughs> I'll be honest, it's loosely based on the Turtles tour from the nineties, um, where people dressed up like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and came out of their shell and danced and Shredder tried to destroy music. Uh, it was bollocks, but we're bringing back that spirit of the nineties. Okay. You excited? I like the 90s, yeah. It's fucking great. You like the 90s and Dragon Ball Z. I'm, I used to like Dragon Ball Z. And we all I, used I, to I, like Dragon Ball Z when we were 15 <laughs> and then we stopped. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. yeah, but kids, kids today love Dragon Ball Z. They've always loved Dragon Ball Z. And I just thought, because, because Jonathan, you have been sad. You've had a I sad have? time. I guess I've been a little stressed. Yeah. You've been a little stressed. I've been damn stressed. Mm-hmm. It's part of the reason why I'm not doing packs is because of a lot of just personal and professional hecticness. Sure. It's not Same a word. Here. Chaos. Excuse chaos. chaos. Anarchy. Yes. yes. Anarchy. Anarchy. Ah. Gotham is yours. <laughs> and that's what it's been like. It's been just bane all of the mm. time. Um, I, I agree 100%. Yes. And what's, so, the, what's the best way to not be stressed? Give something back to the community. That's what Bane was doing, kind of. That is what... stressed. And and following on from Bane, Uh I took his words to heart and decided we are going to perform a live musical stage show themed around Dragon Ball Z for children. Really? The four of us? Yeah. You, Jonathan, are going to play Goku. Oh, great! He's a star. That's exciting. It's I like It's going to be fantastic. You're going to be Goku. You're going to have the, the, the orange gi on. Mm-hmm. Is it gi or g? I think it's gi. Gi. You're going to wear the orange gi. Uh-huh. Right? We're yeah. going to write on your bald head in black pen, spiky hair. 
<laughs> so that they know you have got spiky hair, right? Uh huh. Christ, this is good. Hamza is going to be Vegeta. Okay, yeah. I can tell. Yeah, he's going to be mm-hmm. Vegeta, and Hamza wears glasses, so we don't need the scouter thing, and he will take his glasses off and smash them in his hand and go over nine of them. <laughs> like Vegeta does in the show. Over nine of them! Smash! Um, so anyway, what happens is you come out on stage, right? The, the music of dragon, dragon, something dragon. Boom, 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 boom. Now, 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 now. I'll admit we can't get the rights to that, but I will be on hand off stage with a microphone going now, 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 down it. Uh, the kids are going to be pumped. They're going to be fucking screaming their little stupid heads off. Uh, you will come out, Jonathan, and say, What's up, children? I'm Goku, and it's great that we're out of our shells. I'll be honest, I've taken a lot of the original script from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of their shell tour and just vaguely reworked it. You've got that script? Awesome. No. I've, I've <laughs> written down about 25% of it from YouTube videos. Uh, so you'll be like, it's great that we're finally out of our shell. Now let's do a rap. And then you'll do a rap. Like, yo, uh, it's a Dragon Ball. I've got the Dragon Ball. And I'm Goku. It's a Dragon Ball. Like that. The kids are going to be really just... Like, so I don't even kind of look like Goku. And... <laughs> How do you, what do you mean? Well, you don't right now. I can see a photo of you right now on the Skype thing. You're just a man with a cat on his head. That is my Skype, Skype avatar. Krillin, maybe even Vegeta if I grow out my hair and like... I'm serious, Vegeta? I know, he is... Uh, He's got Vegeta. glasses! Krillin, then. I could be Krillin. You could be Goku. I, be no, Goku. I've got, got a hair on your I've, head. I've got a job. Okay. Um, you don't look like Goku. Song Goku now, but put an orange gi on you, right spiky hair on your bald head. <laughs> Instant transformation. So the kids are going to go mental while you're rapping. Mm-hmm. At this point, Conrad comes on. And Conrad... Conrad? Uh, he's on his honeymoon. We're going to phone him up later. Um, okay. He's going to come out. Conrad's going to come out. He is Frisia, the bad guy. Oh, I like that guy. And he'll come yeah. out and he'll go, I hate music. I think it sucks. I hate music. It really sucks. <laughs> and he'll kidnap April O'Neil. Um, we'll get someone to play that. Uh, maybe Colette Bennett or Lee Tara. Alexander or Tara Long. Yes. Tara Long would be perfect. Yeah. She's not been on the podcast for a few months. I forgot she, she's dead to me. Um, <laughs> but she, I mean, she's got the hair like April O'Neil. Mm, and she's, she's beautiful. Dressed, yeah. like Misty once, so she's got a yellow shirt. That mm-hmm. do. She'll just come out wearing nothing but the yellow shirt and, I don't know, trousers. Um, sure. And she'll be April O'Neil, which Freesia will have kidnapped. She'll go, I've kidnapped April O'Neil, I hate music. Um, at this point, Hamza will run on as Vegeta and go, it is over nine of them, and smash his glasses. <laughs> and then you will say, damn you, Kakarots. Damn right, that's me. That's fucking perfect. That was good, man. Yeah, that you. was that was good, legit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Jim, Jim, I, I know exactly what we're gonna do for you. I'm not gonna be marching boo. No, no, no. That's too obvious. No, you're gonna be chop up Sue. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna paint your face. I'll right, s- give you a little red dot. <laughs> give you a little fucking little beanie. <laughs> I will do that, um, Mr. Popo. I, I will give you his. We'll give you his outfit, and, like, it's going to be actual child size. So, you know, it's going to be a little teeny shirt that you're wearing, those little black pants. Yeah. And, and you're going to go around jumping up people's backs and exploding and doing nothing because you're a piece of shit and useless. Oh, that one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that one. And the black guy. 
No, no, that's Mr. Popo. This guy, Mr. Popo. Okay, so I'm going to be a piece no, of No, no, you're, you're a chess defensive. You're, um, you're... <laughs> Fuck you. You're a little, little uh, sexy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the three um, that's a good idea. No, that's the best idea. That's it's, you. Unfortunately, I've got a roll. I've got this worked out. No. No, yeah, because after you run out and show you say, damn you, Kakarot, it's over nine of them and smash your glasses. Um, and I'll... I'll run on half in costume and just really grind those fucking glasses into the stage, aren't I? Um, That's blue. I'll actually be bright blue. I'll be, I'm being painted head to toe in blue, Jonathan and Hamza. Who's blue? Ah, well, at this, at, after Hamza's after line, ah, after Hamza's line, Jonathan will say, it's time to end the show now, kids. Um, I'm going to do my famous Kamehameha. And then you go, Kami Hami hard, please. And that's when I come out dressed all blue and naked. <laughs> and I am playing the Kami Hami Ha. I'll run out and I'll go, <laughs> making Kami Hami Ha noises. <laughs> and you'll go, Kami. Kami. It's. You'll go, Kami. And, and I'll like run on stage and go, Kami. And I'll bend over and pull my ass cheeks apart. And that's when you go, Ha! And then you shove your fist up my ass. <laughs> Shove your fist, like, up my arm, really, like, big, like, deep. Try to get in as far as you go. There's plenty of room. Go I can't right even there. form my hand into, like, a little cone or something. Yeah, there has to be a fist, like a punch into the ass. It, you, you think it might be difficult. Don't worry, I've been practicing. Uh, so you're going to just... It should it should take a little effort. I mean, you're going to have to punch, but it'll, it'll pop in eventually after some gifts. Uh, so you shove that up there. At that point, I'm assuming I'm going to be sick. Uh, so, I, so as soon as you fist me, I'll throw up all over Hamza's face. Uh, that'll wow. probably make Hamza a bit ill with just the, the smell of it and the sting. Uh, and the, the, t- like the tomato-y taste. And he'll like smack his lips together a bit and then just dribble a bit of sick down himself. Uh, that's when you turn me round and thrust up right there and I'm sick all over the kids and they're going to be loving it because they're going to be thinking yes, it's one of those shows <laughs> do it like 3D this is 3D and they get covered in like a sprite of sick and I'll, you know I've eaten P.F. Chang's before we've done this so it'll be real spicy for them just wow. to feel the intense heat of the battle like that and they're dripping they leave you know they paid us a shilling to come and see it and that's the show's over already that's profit (laughs) it's not entirely over they there'll be merchandise outside um the rock conrad even did i miss conrad's part he was freesia he hated music yeah, that's it? You thought it sucks? You kidnapped April O'Neil. It's not a complicated plot to follow. It's about... And then I just fist you and you vomit on children. Yeah. And... This show has all of the story that's contained within 500 episodes of Dragon Ball Z in any given season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so... entirely it. They go out into the lobby and they buy merchandise, which is WWE rock action figures uh, with his name scribbled out and your name, Jonathan, scribbled on. Um... Plush toys. Mm. Uh, t- Jonathan Holmes tie. Those again? You You'll missed it last week. Notice it, that yeah, yeah th- this is it's basically runoff merchandise that we could sell from John Con. 
but the kids will love it because they'll say, wow, it's a tie just like Son Goku uh, didn't wear. <laughs> I don't know what kids like. I think it's possible they might like that. As long as they don't get hurt, they they might... Who knows? Anything's possible. Kids Jim. love yeah. Dragon Ball Z. They do. Is is where I'm driving from here. It's where I'm, Dragon Ball Z is intense. It's how I'm caddying this shack. So, mm. uh, so at Gamescom, I, I met quite a few people, and and they brought up the fact that they love me. On, they they love Pod Toy, and they love that I'm really? on it. Conrad's on it, and all this stuff. Uh, one of them was an actually uh, producer or lead designer. I forget his title. I, I, I misplaced his card for Fire, Far Cry Three. Uh, we got to talking. He mentioned he loves Pod Toy. Uh, he That's showed me so the weird. game and everything. Oh, I've met that guy. He's a great guy. Um, and every time someone brought it up, I got a little embarrassed because you know, pot toy is pot toy. But when he brought it up, you know, someone who's working on such a like a huge big game, mm. I kind of just wanted to hang myself right there. And there. <laughs> <laughs> but he enjoys the show, he said. And and moments like what just happened are the reasons why. Uh, but 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 he liked the show. He wants. Yeah, I mean, no. that's a that's yeah. a, sh- a game about a weird man who's interesting. <laughs> who's an interesting man too. But he's a weird man, and maybe gonna kill you, man. Sony PR listens to this. Mm-hmm. They listen that's... to it, and then whenever I slag off one of their games, they keep... I'll probably get an email about sound shapes. To be honest, um, but it's it's all good. It's a great fun show, which some listeners have said has gotten very stale. Oh, that's yeah. a real success. <laughs> that's true. They must have liked you at some point yeah, in order to liked... stop liking you later. Yeah. If yeah. someone if someone has stopped liking you, that's a good sign that once you were good. Mm, indeed. And that's something yeah. to be proud of. That's an accomplishment. Ladies and gentlemen, listening to Pod, you are in the golden age of Podtoid. This is the well once better age. <laughs> and that's something, that's something to be pleased. I mean, on old potters, you wouldn't hear Hunter scratching the microphone like God damn it. his testicles. Um, but now <laughs> you get that because things were once better. And this you is know what? an at the end of the day, delirious the... old woman of a podcast. <laughs> Sorry. At the end of the day, this podcast will be better than the era of Pod Toy where it was the hosts flirting with each other era. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, We've gone no, beyond no, that, that. That is this one now. <laughs> oh, that's right. What am I thinking of here? Um, like, <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. Um, the, the stale stuff is interesting, though, uh, because it is just us talking. I've been yeah. racking my brains for the past, because I take this stuff very seriously. It sounds okay. like I don't. It really sounds like I don't. Uh, but I care. I care. Sure, we keep doing it. We must care. If you cut me, do I not bleed fat out of my gut into a bathtub? As the poet once said of me. Mm, yeah. Um, but it's hard because it is just... It, it's it's like you're being asked to totally revamp your personality. Uh, because it is just people talking. It's not like yeah. we write a script. Fuck knows it's not like we write a script. Um... But that's interesting. I guess we need some new ideas. Uh, maybe, pictures. yeah. Um, or, or, a few ideas. People oh, could also just stop listening for a little bit and then start again. I mean, once a week is a, kind of a lot. To They shouldn't do that. Oh, sorry. No, Jim has some ideas. I can't oh, wait yeah, to hear Jim, them. Jim. Ideas, yeah, yeah, please, yeah. Please um, tell us, Jim, your brilliant ideas. Is it pedophilia or not? 
It's one idea I had where every week I ask you, Jonathan, whether or not something's paedophilia or if it's something else. Um, Jim Sterling uh, threatens to have sex with Jonathan Holmes uh, and loves his anus. That's a weekly feature idea I had where I basically talk about having sex with you, Jonathan, and then I dedicate at least half an hour to 45 minutes talking about your anus. (laughs) That Uh, has happened, yeah. It's a nice feature. Uh, Willem Dafoe movie pitches. Now, here's a, a, a fresh new take on an old gem. Uh, mm-hmm. Imagine the actor Willem Dafoe. Yep. Now imagine he's in some films. Jim. What are you, Jim? These are these are all things we've already done on the show for like a year, Jim. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to believe it. It's true. We've done all these things already. Don't you see? But, it, it's, Will, it's Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Okay, and he's in movies, right? But they're not real movies. It's not like I'm going to pitch American Psycho like some sort of madman. It's it's like a movie I've made up, which will yeah, showcase you... the the creepy side of of of, of William Dafunk. <laughs> I think you you might have done like fifty of those already. Sometimes you do two in the same show. Well, you've, you've well, done a lot of those. Well, if fucking There's... Infinity Ward can do it every two fucking years, I can do it. <laughs> I actually almost had an idea for a Willem Dafoe pitch. Maybe you can make this good. Let's hear it. Um, I don't have much. It is a movie called Rich, Rich, Bitch, <laughs> where Willem Dafoe is just a rich, rich bitch and is very calm about it. That's all I got. Oh. You can You can work with it from there if you want. But, you know, just imagine, like, Willem Dafoe is dressed as a woman and goes, ah, shopping for handbags, shopping for shoes. What the fuck? I do whatever I want. I'm a rich, rich bitch. And then people say, oh, yeah, that's great. So, so this is the day to a better podcast. And that's good. <laughs> Hans, why have you played at Gamescom? <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about okay. Gamescom. All right. I, I, I don't know if we're about. getting serious here. Uh, <laughs> not, not not too serious. I don't think. We're just you know poking fun um, of ourselves. That's all. What 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 games you play there, Hamza? So well, I did play Far Cry Three, which actually um, was really impressive. I, I really dig the. It was actually giving me a Dead Island vibe. Um, they have some new systems in there where you're like looting bodies. There's more RPG mechanics there, but. At the same time, it still has that Far Cry feel where it's uh, open world, you're shooting a bunch of bad guys, and it's absolutely pretty. Like, I love the fact that it's the colors are green and blue and bright and tropical, not this, ah. this, this grainy brown shit. I just realized I'd not met that guy. It was a Crisis 3 oh, guy yeah. I met. It's the, yeah. the games with crying, they confuse me. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, mm. Far Cry. I didn't want to implicate the poor Far Cry guy by insinuating that I've met him. Um, that is a serious allegation Uh, sorry but enjoy the show and and put Podtoid in Far Cry 3 yeah just put put a whole episode in just kill us have us in there oh yeah instead of of releasing Far Cry 3 release the the box but on the DVD is just an episode of Podtoid they put it in the 360 it just plays that and they think what the fuck is this shit Mass mass recall of the product. It'd be a terrible PR nightmare, and nobody involved would come out looking good. Like, like you know, actually, I, I figured Konami we would give them permission though to just have yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's more Konami thing. 
<laughs> but they could just have the some guys in Far Cry 3 just listening to Podtoid if they wanted. <laughs> we would yeah. let them do that, right? Why not? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I'd let them do it. There's no way Ubisoft would let anyone do it. Because bad show? Because terrible show. <laughs> because it would rate, make the game rated uh, a- a- AO a- or whatever. Yeah, I guess so. Well, you know, it's just talking. I think you can just yeah, talking about words. sticking our, your your hands in Jim Sterling's ass. That's true. Commanding everywhere. <laughs> they probably couldn't use. Well, vomiting on kids. Yeah, I wonder if kids would actually like that. I know you were just joking, Jim, like, but what? what? <laughs> kids might actually like that. Kids are unpredictable. They just want intensity. You know, they're screaming oh, <laughs> and oh, lasers and oh wow, vomit and oh, you know, it's like guar. It's, uh, people love guar. Kids love guar. Actually, kids love drinking vomit. Some do. They love it. In fact, in the merchandise stall, we'll bottle some pre-made. Pre-made cummy hummy ha for them to drink. It'll be a new energy drink for kids. Cummy hummy ha juice, we'll call it. Um, and it'll just be my bile. <laughs> Until they're told they're not supposed to do it, they think maybe <laughs> they should do it. That's the how I know kids to be. They're like, oh yeah, just put this in there. And oh, he's sticking that into that thing. And now it's, he's throwing up. Eh, this is great. How many kids have you told to just stick it in there? <laughs> I haven't told them to, but I've seen them told. Uh, I see them telling each other to do it. Kids are pretty what? weird, man. Yeah, they'll be like, put that in the bush, and then, you know, <laughs> jump up and down, and oh, now, it's, now it hurts, and okay, uh, what do you want to do now, eat cake? I've seen them do it. Is this podcast pedophilia or not? No, it's not. You're taking this in the in the wrong direction. <laughs> not that Those bush. Those kids, apparently. Kids don't even have bushes. They don't have <laughs> cares, Jim. Uh, if you've got a permanent marker, they do. <laughs> I answer that one and stay fashionable. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You you drove us to as far as we can go in that direction. Hamza, other games you play in there? <laughs> games, huh? None, none that involve vomiting into kids' mouths. That's good. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you want me to talk anymore, unless you want... No, you can talk about it. You can save us from what we were talking about, absolutely. Okay, okay well, well, on the note about kids and vomiting, uh, I also played Rayman Legends for the Wii U. <laughs> oh yeah, how'd you like that? I, I think it's going to be one of the be- my favorite games of this year. It's it's such a beautiful game. Like um, I love the art style, the new art style they're going with, the, the 3D like high high quality art. I don't know what you yeah. want to call that. Like, I don't know. If it gave, me, gave off like a canvas kind of vibe, maybe. I think, I think people call them... I, I, I think I've called games like that, like, watercolor style. Yeah. Games. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it looks beautiful, like this hand-painted kind of look to it. Yeah. It's it's kind of got the spirit of, of Rayman Origins, but there's but it looks more classy, in a way, with the, yeah. the shadows there's, and everything they put in there. There's more uh, polygon-based characters, too, but they don't look polygon-based. They just look yeah. like drawings, and then it turns out it's a full 3D model. It's pretty interesting. That, that engine they used to, to create that whole system for the original Rayman uh, Origins and this one, it, it's very... like The producers were telling me about it uh, at E3 a year ago, whatever, and like the engine is basically able to pull off these really, really fancy animations and designs really well. That that cuts the work down like, like by like fifty percent or something. Ah, cool. Uh, yeah, it does all the it, it's it makes it look like it's a drawing, but it's actually you know the engine that's doing it. They don't have to have like 
all these animators making it happen. Right, right, right. There's not too much frame by frame animation in either of those games, but uh, yeah. it still looks really smooth. Yeah, there were, uh, we we did a couple platforming levels. This is all Wii U based, so like it was all it all involved like having someone to use Wii U pad, mm. which is interesting because they haven't shown off gameplay that's that doesn't tie it to the Wii U pad yet. So that that's kind of worrying in some ways. But yeah. Well, the um, single player, when I played it, the single player was uh, Bob Muir, and he didn't use the pad at all, and I just helped him out with um, touchscreeny stuff. So um, you can play it without the pad and just have a computer do the rest of that stuff, I just right? don't want them to go, we've talked about this before, right, but, you know, if you're going to put, if you're going to use touch controls with a game that also has button input, like, it's got to be a purely complementary thing. It can't right. be, you can't do 50-50, this game is half on a touchscreen, half on... It doesn't work, it's awkward, having to go between mm. buttons and screen, buttons and screen. Like, I saw the trailer for the new Killzone on PS Vita, and my heart sank, because... The PS Swipe Vita, for a knife attack! Exactly, the PS Vita is like <laughs> the first handheld gaming system with controls perfectly suited to first-person shooting. And they keep asking you to abandon the controls and let go of the system and reach over to the middle of the screen to swipe around on it. It's like, no. have the, Use the touchscreen as, like, extra buttons on the side, by all means. It's a perfect place to put, like, a, a digital grenade button or something. But mm. as soon as you're chopping the game into pieces... Uh, it doesn't work for me, and I hope because I saw some of that touch stuff on Rayman or uh, Legends, and I'm, I'm hoping it's not going to be like overboard with that shit, like fucking Arkham City Armored yeah. Edition or whatever it's called. Jesus. Yeah, that's no, that's no fun. But the, um, like I was saying, the single player from what I saw, you can just use the Wii remote. You don't even need the the uh, the gamepad. And that's all right. Just play it like a regular game. Yeah, should be good. Huh. Interesting. Um, th- there was a level that they showed off uh, where it's um, it's an auto-scrolling level and then it's all music-based, so uh, the characters on the screen have to run from all the danger before getting crushed by uh, the screen. And at the same time, the person on the Wii U pad uh, can press on the buttons that are popping up throughout the levels in time with the music, which ah. unlocks more bonuses. This was at E3 as well. They had a rock and roll version there, and at Gamescom they had a... I said in my preview, it felt like a Looney Tunes-inspired song, but it, it's, it was really, really fun and addictive. Sounds um, great. I didn't see that at E3. That, I wish I had. There's another thing at E3 I didn't see. Son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that sounds great, Hamza. Um, God, I saw a lot of games. You just want me to do, like, do a quick hits kind of thing here? Or? Yeah, if you want to. I like it. I like talking about video games, yeah. Uh, Black Ops 2 Declassified, or Black Ops Declassified, um, for the Vita, that <laughs> looked pretty generic uh, uh so did deadpool actually for ps3 and xbox 360 it looked uh, it was very rough and early but um nothing about it looked that uh interesting as far as gameplay goes it, the only thing that made me interested was the whole deadpool aspect where he was talking and making all these cracks he, he was talking to himself since he has those two uh, different voices in his head Oh, right. um, they're all voiced by Nolan North, uh, although in this this demo is voiced by some random dude. So like, hmm. uh, it's it, it has potential, but I don't know. It might fall flat on his face. So Skylanders, that was awesome. Skylanders Giants. I mean, it's more the same. Uh, Angry Birds looks fucking great on consoles. It plays a lot better than iOS versions. But yeah, the forty dollar price tag is gonna turn off everyone. 
Is that uh, all three Angry Birds games on one thing? Is that right? Yeah, so it's over 700 puzzles, plus they're going to have DLC. Um, there's a, All the art's been reworked from the ground up, all the gameplay, everything, too. Uh, it, the controls are a lot more precise with the joystick. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more bonuses, but again, it's $40 for a $3. It's a hard sell. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a sell that it's it's going to be for your moms and dads who don't want to play on a tiny device, basically. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um... Walking Dead, uh, there was only a presentation. There was just some screens, no actual video. Uh, it the the concepts it sounds very interesting. Uh, it it feels like you know it's like the Telltale games except it's in a three D environment, a lot more expanded. Because it's not just gonna be a first person shooter. Like this is like like there's gonna be some heavy choices that you have to make. You're gonna find survivors along the way. You have to decide if you want to take them. If you do take them, you have to be responsible for them. You have to find extra food. You have to find extra gas. You have to find vehicles that can fit more than two people. Now, um, what uh, the, to to be clear with people, they, there's already a Walking Dead game, and the second oh, yes, episode of that is coming out. But this is yet another totally separate Walking Dead game. It's made by is it Activision? Is that right? It's made by Activision and uh, the developer who made Ghostbusters for the consoles. The the new uh, Ghostbusters. Red Fly? Re- Terminal Reality. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think Red Fly made the one for the Wii. That's right. So I remembered it. Yeah. Um, yeah. This one is based on the TV show, whereas the Telltale ones are based on the graphic novels. Oh, okay. Is it one hit kills from the zombies? That would be too hard, I bet. They they didn't exactly specify on it, but um, it's it's this thing where if you do get like bitten or whatever, that it will kill you. Huh, like there okay. is no no getting away from it. Like Resident right. Evil, where you get bit, you're not infected technically. Right. 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 Huh, even though you okay. should be. Sure, for sure. Um, Black Ops Two, that that was like my biggest features from uh, Gamescom so far. Like I had two previews, one for the esports stuff where you could actually shoutcast and live stream the game, and I talked about the, all the new things that they did in the multiplayer. They revived, uh, redid everything from the ground up. It's a lot better than any of the past Call of Duty games, in my opinion. Uh, let's see. I saw a bunch of Warner Brothers stuff. Guardians of Hero, or what is it? Guardians of Middle Earth. This is the MOBA game for consoles. Oh yeah, uh, it's cool. I mean, I, it got me interested in the whole MOBA scene. So that's there's that. Lego Lord of the Rings. It's a it's it's it feels a lot like Skyrim. It's a fucking beautiful game. Like the like take away all the Lego aspects, and this could very well be like you know like easily confused with Skyrim. Or, or wow. any of those fantasy games. Like the fact that there's no Lord of the Rings game that takes advantage of this at all in the first place is ridiculous. But you know, Lego's doing it right. Um, it's very fun to play. It's very cute. It's very. It's gonna be great for the kids. But the background graphics look pretty realistic. Yeah, that's exactly what I was referring to. Like the the, the non Lego stuff. It looks very right, very right. realistic. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, a bunch of EA stuff, Need for Speed, Most Wanted. It's going to be fucking best racing game of the year. Dead Space 3 was really cool. I got to mess with the weapon crafting system. Uh, it's very deep, actually. You could make weapons from the ground up. Um, you could either combine weapons you find in the game, or you could just, like I said, uh, just design them however you want. There's going to be, like, it looked like hundreds of possibilities, really. Um, there was one cool combo where you combine the, the chainsaw, the ripper, with the flamethrower. With the flamethrower, so as you shoot out the chainsaw blades, the chainsaws get on fire, so they add extra damage to the necromorphs. Oh, interesting. Uh, played Army of Two, the new one. That was very... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was cool, 
but it's not this mind-blowing thing. It's, it feels, it looks like it's going to be better than the past Army of Two games, but at the same time, there's nothing really there to be like, the last holy one, shit, you need this. 40th Day was good. I mean, it wasn't mind-blowing, but it yeah. seems like a series that's just, like, there. Exactly. It, you know, it clearly it doing well enough. Them. It must be doing yeah. well. I think it's, I think it's just an easy, comfortable game. I can see a lot of people buying it just because it's comfy. You know, they know what they're getting. Two guys with guns, skull masks, terrorists. America! Yeah. You know, it's... Sure. Shooting not, guys. Not much to it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I can see why it's doing well in the same way, you know, a Michael Bay film does well. It's just mm. explosions. You just turn your brain off. Just watch it. Have a good time. Don't sure. think about the, the terrible things you did. that's right yeah it very is over the top there's this mechanic that i described in my preview um called overkill that it's a meter that fills up as you kill bad guys and once you activate it your bullets basically turn into like mini rocket launchers so like as as your bullets hit everything shit just blows the fuck up so walls are getting destroyed limbs are getting blown off of enemies like it's it's really michael bayish in that sense like it's just crazy um what else did I see that day? Oh, uh, Star Wars thirteen thirteen is this exact same thing that they've shown in that video and at E three. There is no way this game is a current gen title. This is totally next gen. Like they only show the PC version. They're not talking about consoles. They're not confirming anything. But mm. like you know, when you see um, uh, a, a cinematic from a game, and then it goes to the actual game, and it doesn't look as great as the, the cinematic, you know, typically. Mm-hmm. This this sure. seriously looks like you're just it's an interact. I mean, it looks cinematic quality where like the the visuals, the graphics, everything is so highly detailed that it it just it was mind blowing watching it seamlessly go from the movie into right into the gameplay. Like uh, the videos on online don't do it justice. Like this is something you have to see in person. Interesting. Um, but there was really nothing else to talk about that uh, since it was just old stuff from E3. Uh, okay. Last two days. Uh, Wargaming. I saw World of Tanks and World of Warplanes. Um, fuck, I had no idea these games actually look good. I just assumed they look like shitty browser games this whole time. <laughs> these these actually look very detailed and, like, like I mean, current-gen visuals and everything. Like, I was actually really impressed to the point that I'm going to start getting into it and see if, you know, I, I like the games or not. But, um, yeah. That's... Th- this whole, like, uh, this whole um, thing with free-to-play games where you just instantly associated with shitty visuals and shitty shitty um everything really it's just it doesn't really hold up anymore like like it's absolutely changing yeah yeah Yeah. i mean in fact on friday and saturday i basically saw nothing but free to play because that's just how my schedule ended up so later i saw dust 514 for the ps3 that's a free to play as well it was looking a lot better since i last saw in april in iceland uh, the graphics and controls have definitely come a long way. I still don't know if it's going to do well on the PS3. This this should have been a PC title. Mm. It's to, not coming to the PC at all? They have not confirmed it. I, they're not completely denying it, so it might eventually come over, but I, it, you know, it's one of the big things Sony's promoting because they don't really oh, have exclusives. Okay. So for well, people- actually, no, they have more exclusives now than Xbox. What am I talking about? Um, now- what were you saying? Uh, for people who don't know, that's um, maybe I'm not remembering it right. Isn't that kind of a sci-fi shooter? Shooter, a lot of light yeah, it's blue. a sci-fi first-person shooter that has direct tie-ins with Eve Online, the, that um, free-to-play space shooter game. So, like, 
Like it's the first of its kind. It's really cool tech behind it because you're you're playing a first person shooter on the PS3, and then you're playing this like this epic spaceship battle game on the PC. And the direct connection here is that um, people in Eve can hire people in the PS3 game to go to these planets and take them over for to gain resources in the game of Eve. Mm. So like as you're playing the PS3 version, if you need support, like one of the ships in Eve can fire down onto the planet to help you in your PS3 battles. And vice versa, you can take down ships from the planet in PS3. Huh. Yeah, that is... Um, I can't think of anyone who's done anything quite like that. There's yeah. been some PC console game interaction, but not to that degree. God, people are going to hate me for this episode because I'm talking Rad about dude. games for like a half hour. No, this is the show is no longer stale. Thanks to you, Hamza. You made it. A video game podcast. No, no. People that is the it. kind of radical new direction we should be looking at adopting. <laughs> yeah, you talked about video games. Innovation. This is innovation. Yeah. Innovation, well, uh, business, marketing, strategy, fiscal. Fiscal. Very fiscal, yeah. It's very fiscal. Um, Good job, Hansel. In the Thank NASDAQ. You. Well, I still have some games to talk about. <laughs> Tell you, us more. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Planet Side 2, that's another free-to-play first-person shooter from Sony Online Entertainment. That game is fucking amazing. Really? Like, like the, uh, I've heard so much about it. Like, people keep bringing it up. It's just, it's, I mean, like, you hear of massive multiplayer games, right? But this really is a massive multiplayer title. There could be 4,000, they, they won't give a specific number, but, you know, they're tossing around thousands and thousands of people, like 4,000 people on one server shooting the shit out of each other like on this like 64 kilometer map wow. so like like he um i got like uh, the develop one of the developers to like just fly me across the map it actually didn't happen because it got shot down halfway into it but as he was flying over there, there were just hundreds of people all over the map just fighting like every section we kept going through like there was always something happening so i think that's gonna be like the the, the main appeal here is that there's always something happening wherever you are on the map and like the whole thing about the, the these uh, multiplayer battles is that you're taking over as much territory as you can, and like the battles keep shifting. Like I kept seeing like different sections get taken over within minutes of each other because I mean there's so much happening and there's a lot of people playing. How big would like your squad be? And um, we didn't. I didn't really get into specifics like that. But would you have like twenty guys on your side, or would it be? I, we didn't really get into the, the specifics, but I mean, you could squad up, you could get into teams, and you could do crazy things like that. Can you guys still hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I just imagine it'd be really chaotic. Yeah, you sound great. It sounds, it sounds like the kind of chaos, though, that even if it turned out badly, would still be very interesting and, and oh, potentially sure. entertaining. Um, if they, I mean, just imagining thousands of people on a map when... You know, they struggle with what we do on a smaller scale. I mean, best of luck. I really hope to see that work. Yeah. It's definitely what the what MMOs need right now because they're all just people treating it like a genre where they all got to look and act and feel like World of Warcraft. It's like we need some people to come up and show, step up and show that the MMOs can be anything. Because MMO is more of a delivery method than a genre. It's, it's a way of presenting any kind of game, potentially. But yeah. because World of Warcraft was the most successful, they think when you think MMO, you think, you know, role-playing game where you click 
ability buttons on hotkeys and loot five gold from pigs until you uh, got a sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to just be that. Absolutely. Could be anything. I don't like when they said Skyrim, um, not Skyrim. Elder Scrolls Online is going to be just like an Elder Scrolls game with people around you, and you look at it and it's no, no. That's World of Warcraft. That's World of Warcraft with a Daedra in it. It's not... If it was exact, it could. There's nothing stopping it being just like Skyrim, but with guys running around. You know, just like Oblivion, but with guys running around. There's nothing stopping them from being that, other than preconceptions and, and this turgid mentality of... of tur- turgid? That's right. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. I'm losing my mind today. But, you know, this 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 dank, stagnant, that's the word I want, this stagnant mentality that all MMOs must look like World of Warcraft. It's like, there was nothing. Even the art style for Elder Scrolls Online is Warcraft-ish. It's not, mm. it's lost some of what was in the Elder Scrolls games and has adopted a slightly more cartoony, slightly, you know, more Warcrafty look to it. And, it's bullshit. It's bollocks. Yeah, get that money. Get get that money. Get guys. that money. That's what happened with free to play. That's why free to play was in such a rut for a long time because developers as well as consumers thought free to play equals shitty little browser game um, where you click on shit and then give us five dollars for a bit of gold, uh, and that's what it was for a long time. And it's only recently we've had things like uh, Tribes Ascend and, and Blacklight Retribution, Firefall, and and this kind of stuff that's kind of changing the game now. Yep. And we need that to happen to MMOs. So speaking of Firefall, actually, I also saw that they uh, they showed off uh, all the changes they did. I had a big feature go up on Destructoid.com today detailing some of the, the changes they did because of the, the beta and community feedback. Like, they changed how they do level progression. They changed um, the multiplayer so it's very eSports-friendly. Like, like that was a very big theme of Gamescom in general. There's just the eSports in, uh, stuff. One of the halls was actually just completely dedicated to eSports. Um, they had StarCraft. They had Firefall tournaments going on. They had Hawken tournaments. They had a bunch of things happening, and I mean, like the oh. Firefall booth, they were giving out um, ten thousand euros in prizes, in prize money for the tournaments. Like, oh wow, no fighting games though, right? Uh, none that I saw. Yeah. There was nothing really fighty that's hot right now. Yeah, you know what Persona I mean. Persona Four like, has a following, but um, Persona Four Arena, but it's not huge at this point. Yeah, I don't think Atlas yeah. would be able to spring for Gamescom anyways, in that in that uh, sense. Sure. Right. Um, I mentioned Hawking, I saw that too. It's looking like great still, and it still blows my mind that that has like this AAA quality to it, but it's also a free-to-play game. Um, and the Hawking is that first-person uh, Twitch-based mech shooter. Uh, I'll have a feature on that going up tomorrow. Jeez, Hamza. Uh, yeah, I know. Okay, just a few Perfect. more games. Uh, Dragon Commander, saw that. That was pretty cool. Like, the girls in there are hot, but it's really about a game where you're um, you're taking over territories and maps and having these RTS battles in the air. Uh, mm-hmm. I wrote a little thing on it. Jim Sterling, uh, I don't know why I have to say your full name. <laughs> wrote a wrote rare a, element of respect from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Fatty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
He wrote in depth preview at E3. Go check it out. I can't respond to that because anything I say would be racist. Oh, I, fuck me. I, I'm trapped. That's entrapment, sir. Good. Yes, <laughs> you are entrapped. Entrapment. The terrorists win. <laughs> <laughs> See, he can do it to himself. I got. This is not fair. Um, but no, Dragon Commander. Very uh, excited about that one. Yeah. Uh, Deep Silver had a bunch of new games. Sacred Three. It's like a Diablo type of game now. I like Sacred Two. Um, Sacred Two was a good game. We reviewed that. Me and Brad Nicholson played that together. Oh, that's fun. Wow. You guys are cool. Yeah, we're the cool dudes. Uh, they also had a game called uh, Sacred Citadel, which is based in the same universe, except it's a side-scrolling brawler in the same vein as, say, Casual Crashers. Uh, mm. That was pretty cool. There's a lot of a lot of moves and magic spells and all this other stuff they could do. The art style is really cute too. Cute, yeah. I guess that's a that's a describing element. Sure, cute's sure. a word. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's cute looking. And they had the new Dead Island, which looked great. Um, it's called Riptide. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, you can put up fences now. That's a feature. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> uh. Lastly, I saw a game called Chivalry. I can't pronounce the fucking word. It's Chivalry? Chivalry? Chivalry. Chivalry, yeah, that word. Uh, English as a second language, people. So, um, that's basically, it's a first-person melee brawler game set in the medieval era. So kind of think of War of Roses, except more arcade uh, and a lot more violent. Um, there's... There's this cool mode called Siege Mode, um, where you know, imagine like capture the flag game types, except in this case, you're like it's a three-stage goal. So the first part of the the mode is that you your team has to go into the village, and kill the peasants and burn down their huts, their their homes, while the other team is trying to stop you from it. And if you're successful after burning down all the buildings and killing all the peasants, it goes to the next stage of the game where you have to get a ballista up uh, a road to break down the doors of a castle. Kind of like um, uh, the Team Fortress 2 uh, mode. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I forget what it's called. But uh, once you successfully get that, you break down the castle doors and then the final goal is to kill the king. And one of the one random player on the opposite team is turned into the king. Uh, oh, otherwise, cool. it's a it's a also like they also have team deathmatch kind of mode, so you could go around killing people with swords or crossbows or whatever. It's very fun. I'll have a preview of that going up soon. But for the most part, all these games I just talked about, go destructoid.com, check it out, check out our previews. I fucking killed myself trying to get all this shit done. Yeah, man, you went berserk. It was just you and Dale. Yeah, That's it? Dale and I covering a giant show, a giant five day show, just the two of us. That must have been fun hanging out with Dale, though. No, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he thought you were cute. He was tweeting about you being sleepy and like. Yeah, what the fuck is up stuff. with that? He was watching me you're while cute, sleeping. That's you're cute, man. That's because you're cute. sleeping. That is one perverted mofo. Stop being cute, and he'll stop watching you. You stop you're, being you're cute. Your fault. I, God, I, I, I did. Out. Years ago. <laughs> <laughs> stop being cute in like 2003, maybe. Uh, well, that was a great rundown, Hamza. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Thank done talking. All the games. No, you can talk tons, but I'm no, just, saying, just you. You Jim, Jim. Hello. Sexually harass, harass Holmes. Hey, Jonathan Holmes, gonna see your penis or not? All right, the viewers are back. 
Okay, whoa. What's going on? <laughs> Sound went weird. Um, uh, everyone went strange. Are you all right, Jonathan? Yeah, you too. Yeah, yeah I sound good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I sound good. You, you right? sounded. I heard you go, oh, oh, oh. Oh, I was asking to see your yeah. penis, Jonathan. I didn't hear any of that. I just heard like a super punch out. Jonathan like... Holmes. Uh huh, my penis. Jonathan Holmes. I got something for you to read, Jonathan. What's that? I got something for you to read. Oh, okay. What well, uh, do you want me to read? I... Let me get his name. Um, so I was oh, going to ask you, maybe we're talking about the same thing. Uh, our friend Sir Toby sent me a sex doll box he wanted me to read of Lindsay Lohan, but then another guy named Tiger Bright, which is amazing. Well, you came off really weird. Called Hold the on. Dragon's Tongue. You're, so it's you're, up to you. What do you want to? Your voice broke up then. Oh. Um, but the, the guy's Should called Tiger, Tiger Bright. He, um, yeah, yeah, I want to talk about Tiger Bright. Sure. Um, now, he's, he thanked us for our discussion on dust and, and furryism and everything last week. Um, and, yeah, he sent me links. He, he wasn't the only one. I think someone else also sent me links to this website called Bad Dragon. <laughs> In which people can buy dildos and, and other sexual paraphernalia um, based on animals. Uh, fantasy animals, anthropomorphized animals, um, many of which are dragons, which which I yeah. found very interesting. There's one I wanted to read, um, and then I wanted you to read the dragon tongue one. Oh, okay. Because um, I sh- I love the romance that's gone into these things. I mean, when you're when you're essentially looking at at, at a dragon dildo, which means it's it basically looks like a a half deflated eclair. Really, or like a like a melting candle that's pink and purple, and so it just mm. like like a bruised worm, basically, and just the romance involved um, when you read the imagery. One's mind usually created when Scotland is mentioned usually consists of bagpipes, Highlanders, and Loch Ness. But amongst the peaks and valleys of this mysterious land, there resides another less famous beast of legend. The Varka toy is modelled after the thick cock of a feral black dragon of the kind native to Scotland. With a wide flare at the head, a massive knot at the base, and thick deep wrinkles along its length, the Varka is the perfect toy for anyone who is up for a challenge. The wrinkles are a feature in and of themselves, with deep crevices and bumps. It keeps the toy well lubricated with thick and slick lube. The Varker is available with a range of features, including a cum tube and suction cup. You can also get creative with any custom colour or blend. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. That's the Varka. Uh, this is from the guy. Happen. This is from Tiger Bright, who thanked us for not <laughs> equating everyone who likes anthropomorphic characters with furries. <laughs> with with so was, sex. Yeah, he's like, like, so then we're not all like that. By the way, this come to <laughs> packed dragon dildo is really funny. Check. I mean, I, I'll give him points. Like hypocritical humor is um, it's it's a respected form of humor, <laughs> and, sure. and he's mastered it. Um, 
so yeah, yeah, it was very much, you know, thanks for not all painting furries with the same brush. Now look at this big dragon dick. <laughs> and they're complete with art. If you go to Bad Dragon, that's bad-dragon.com. Um, and they all have, like, paintings of, of the of what the, the, the dildo is modelled after, like, in context. So I'm looking right now at a dragon lying on its back with its tongue licking its, I guess, what passes lips. Um, a slit having opened up and a giant purple phallus um, coming out of it and dripping, obviously, huge amounts of, of dripping. Uh, mm. And a little puckered anus. And, yeah, it's all very romantically written. I, th- I think it's very evocative stuff. Um, that's the Varka. That's 150 but These are expensive things. Mm. Um, the Varka for 150 yeah. Yeah, bucks. There's not many of them. And that's before, I think, you... Um, yeah, I mean, you have to buy the cum tube separately. Uh, but you do... Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a shame. Do you sure you want me to read another one? I you would want... love you to read The Dragon's Tongue. Can you hear me okay? Do I, I can hear you. You sound great. Right. Um, so, yeah let, yeah. let me just describe The Dragon's Tongue. Sure. Um, you know the marker from Dead Space? It's kind of like a, uh, a monolith that's a bit twisted and electrical. Yeah. yeah. That crossed with an octopus made out of blood. <laughs> it is this wormy, squiggly, lumpy nodule um, of a thing. And then mm. it's supposed to be a dragon's tongue. But please, um, you sell it to the people if anyone is, is interested. Sell it to the people. Okay, I'll try. And and just so I don't know if you heard before, Sir Toby did send us a Lindsay Lohan. Oh yeah, we'll be uh, getting through to that. I know this this podcast <laughs> this podcast is stale. Maybe we'll do that one next. Maybe week. we'll but just thank do this. Those, no, no, this is part time from now on. This is all we'll be doing forever. <laughs> People seem to like it. All right, the Dragon's Tongue available from one hundred dollars. <laughs> Whether it's a deep longing to be filled or a need for new sensations, <laughs> sleek curves and soft, pliable ridges can pleasure with as much skill as that dragon curious to sample your inner tastes. That's a sentence. Yeah. What the fuck yep. is happening right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. With a dragon snout buried against your groin, there's no itch that can't be satisfied. <laughs> the reach of this gentle... Exploring toy will have you squirming as much as the tongue it was modeled after. Measuring nine usable inches long and tapering gradually from 0.5 to 3 inches wide, the dragon's tongue is suited to new and advanced users alike. Advanced users? Um, okay. He is available in our... He? <laughs> it's a guy? Uh, oh, sorry. He is available in our full range of tempting signature colors, or you can... Or you can your your own custom color. That's how it's spelled. You can your your own you can custom your color. Your own. Feel free to get a custom fade as well. Exclamation. I love that. Just the casual. Feel free. <laughs> Just toss it in. I mean, you're already buying a dildo modeled after a dragon's tongue. You might as well. Custom fade, yeah. From yeah. Like, get personal know. with it. Pink to purple? I don't even know. I, that I like the caveat at the end. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm almost done. Yeah. Dragon's tongue does not come with a suction cup due to the size and shape of the base, nor does it come with a cum tube, since it's a tongue. <laughs> a little, there's, a little, yeah, there's a little emoticon of a, a Oh, guy. we're talking about dildos. I think. I don't know. I don't know what else you would use. A I, no- I, I stopped paying attention there for 
a little bit. So. Fair enough. I'm just catching up. I don't know if we classify these things as dildos or some kind of modern art. Mm. I mean, they're barely recognizable as phallic objects after yeah. these things. And I'm not judging if, I mean, that, I mean, it, if you don't have to look at it, it looks like that would be quite pleasurable up your ass. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's got all the, the bumps and nodules. It just looks um, haunting. Yeah. Like if if come, someone come, come to you, like these things spunk. <laughs> is that what that means? I, oh, I, I believe like the... I believe you like affix it to something, and it actually spunks. Something you'd have to you'd have to get spunk, I guess, and load it up. I mean, there's, uh... there's one that's based on a horse. Oh. Uh, and that one, I th- I think it's got like a oh god, it's it's horrible. It's like got you know how like horses have patches like different color. It's like all that running along this veiny shaft. Mm, yeah, meet, well. meet Chance, he's a thoroughbred stallion of the highest pedigree, chosen from a line of selectively bred stallions for strength, endurance, and most of all, they're absolutely massive cocks heights. What? What that's kind of says? horse breeder? Oh, wow. What kind of horse breeder is like, well, that's a fine looking horse. How big's his cock? <laughs> Real quick side note, uh, I want to bring up just because we're talking about horses. Uh-huh. I, I think this was for Batman, the new Batman movie. I tweeted, I just saw the new Batman movie or some bullshit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Some some fucker who listens to the show at reply to me was like, what movie theater is that horses in? I'm like, what the fuck is this guy? Oh, <laughs> right. Their memories are amazing. And it, yeah. fright, it frightens me because I very rarely remember what I say <laughs> a minute after I've said it. Yeah. Uh, so they remember stuff like, I'm going to see Elton John next month. And straight away, people are like, oh, he's a, a, a terrible man. I bet he'll be racist and homophobic. And I'm like, what? He's a, he's a <laughs> wonderful artist and musician. Oh, I said that once. Yeah, and just to catch people up, uh, there's a Jim Sterling scenario where I my body was like chopped up or something and so to the side of a horse. Yeah, you a were Jim a Jim Sterling like. scenario. Well, yeah, yeah, what was yeah. my name again? Oh, um, Burger something. Was it? Yeah. Maybe, was, I don't know, maybe the listeners will remember it better. Oh, they yeah. all remember it. Yeah, they're weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't stop looking at this horse's dick. <laughs> uh, it's, it comes with a cum tube for a truly authentic and messy experience. So I guess that answers it. Like, they do spunk. And then right. there is a, there, I mean, there's a horse. That's a horse wanking, um, the picture I'm looking at. It's, it's a horse on two legs wanking. Has he got arms? He's got arms. It's a, uh. a horse... Like a centaur with a horse head, maybe? Oh, a horse, like a horse minotaur, that. essentially. Hmm. A horse minotaur wanking. I see. He's the uh, thoroughbred stallion flared for your pleasure. And, and, and they had to clarify, because people, I assume, must have asked with the dragon's tongue. Well, I mean, does it, does it have a come to? Does it ejaculate, this dragon's well, this tongue? Is, they had to be like, no. This site, Jonathan, is for people that, like, give a real shit. I mean, this is... <laughs> It, you've got vital statistics for these dildos, like dimensions. It shows oh, you. Oh, look like, at that! You're there's right. There's a whole stat box: dimensions, brackets, inches, diameter of head, circumference of head, diameter mm. of shaft, circumference of shaft, usable length, and total length in general. And they come in small, medium, or large. Down here, when you order them, like what size do you want? Um, you specify the size. 
the firmness, whether or not you want a cum tube, what colour you want, um, and you can even randomise the colour, and then you finalise it. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Firmness. She goes from soft, medium, firm, split soft, split firm, split wide, reverse split soft, reverse split firm, and reverse split wide. I mean, this is for people that take their animal dildos incredibly seriously. Yeah, this yeah. I just saw like, some of the yeah. green dragon tongues. They are completely terrifying. A green dragon tongue is the worst. I, I highly recommend people read this. I mean, this is... It's just amazing. Just exquisite animal dildos. They're really well made. Bruiser <laughs> the Fusion. That's the name of one of them. Uh, the Griffin. Zar the Carabos. David the Werewolf. You've got... It's not just... <laughs> It's not just dildos either. I mean, you've got dragon vaginas. Really? Yeah, I'm, horse vaginas as well. I've just. I I've don't just, even know what that would look like—a dragon's I, vagina, just a large vagina with. I think they, they normally, yeah, they normally like they get like spikes on them, basically, just a oh. spiky, spiky lizard's vagina. Um, here we got Mary. This is this is a, a horse vagina that you can buy. Mary always craved the. It's a crossover story as well. Mary always craved the attentions of Chance, our resident anthro stallion, and her boyfriend, but was always too shy to ask him for what she really wanted. Fortunately for her, thanks to our introduction, they've both rediscovered their love of pony play. <laughs> Wait, so you're pretending to be... They're, they're, they've got characters. Yeah, yeah. Chance, and who was the vagina again? What was her name? Uh, Mary. Mary the Vagina, yes. Yeah, I mean, they, all these dildos have stories. That's the interesting thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, these are narrative animal dildos. And I guess if you collect the whole set, it, like, forms a running plot like Lord of the Rings. Wow. Wow, like uh, trading uh, trading cards. You could flip over the back and there'd be, like, a bigger yeah. picture. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think it's basically like trading cards. <laughs> um... But if you just if you just want to know the anthro mare is that's the name of this thing. The anthro mare is available in one firmness of silicone, the same as that used in anthro dragoness. It's uh, seven inches in usable length. She features a moderately ridged, slightly tighter passageway, which, due to its oval shape, is just as accommodating and pleasurable as that in the dragoness. Um, and apparently, that's one of their best-selling toys. Um, they even sell out of these things. So be patient, guys. Yeah, it's a, this is truly an enthusiast market, it sounds like. There's but, an yeah. amazing photo of, of two thumbs prizing this rubber horse vagina apart so you can get a good look inside. And you can oh. just imagine your penis in there and then not want to eat food ever again. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a very slimming website for me. Uh, oh, there's, a, there's a picture of her bent over showing her cunny. Is this uh, a drawing a of a... drawing of a woman's horse... horse. Um, interesting, they, they show uh, the side of her breast, but they're too classy to show the nipple. Um, but there is a big, dark cunt. Uh, <laughs> just, just need to read that. Uh, <laughs> Wow, that got Hamza. He finally broke. <laughs> broke the dam of Hamza's, I don't know, sanity? Who knows what's going on? With oh, Hamza. man. So, that was fun. <laughs> I think, I've, maybe not every week, but every now and then I think we'll drop in with with Bad Dragon and, and see what their selection of um, 
rubber cocks and fannies are up to. Sure, absolutely. Thank you, Tiger Bright. Thank you for making the show what it is. I guess. Uh, I think we have to end it here. End the whole show? No question. I don't know. I don't know. That's just... Uh, yeah, that would be a good note to end on, but if, people love the questions. Go on, if you can do we have them. questions? Yeah, they're always coming in to me on Twitter now. Jonathan just them on Twitter. Is that why we don't do a post anymore? No, you it's... Fucking it was the other way around. It's lazy once, fuck. It's not the way like, shut your mouth. It's... <laughs> it's no, it's because usually we start... We used to... Or we have been running very late and collecting that many questions i feel duty bound to do a lot of them and it runs on too late so i've been trying to just save time because you know it gets to like six (laughs) (laughs) well we've got to schedule the time slots appropriately you know that was the slot for horses slots (laughs) and we done did it we did that okay Absolutely. Uh, so I quoting you during this whole thing, but then I realized there's actually a Twitter account called Podtoid Quotes. So uh, you guys should follow that at Podtoid Quotes on Twitter. Oh yes, yeah, so at Podtoid Quotes is um, I don't know who's running it, but I don't know either. But whoever it is, I'm just gonna let them take care of the rest. Uh, they're saints, and yeah. there were many, many memorable quotes just now, including that last thing that I don't actually want to repeat. <laughs> There's also a John Holmes quotes now. Thank you, John Holmes quotes. I don't know why you bother, but you make me feel like I'm funny sometimes. Oh, and, and also just a small golf clap for whoever continues to run stealth quotes as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Uh, I played the last story, though, Jim. I wanted to ask you, when do, does it get... I've, I'm, on, I'm three hours in, and I like it. Will I start not liking it soon? If I or if I like it so far, I'm gonna keep liking it the same. Or what do you think? I don't know. I mean, you'll probably keep liking it. Do you and already didn't you. like it by three hours? Yeah. I mean, yeah. when I first like the first time I played it, I started feeling sad because um, oh. I was like, if this doesn't get better, I was basically the opposite to you. Like I, I was playing for three hours, saying, "Does it get better? Does it get better?" And if you're sitting there playing, saying, "Does it get worse? Does it get worse?" Then I think you're going to have a good time with it. And fair play to you. You know, I envy you, friend. I, I I'm happy to be me, and I'm sad that you didn't I'm like it. I can see why you didn't. You are sad that I am me. <laughs> I'm sad. I am sad you. that I am me. It is a tragedy. <laughs> I did switch it from uh, the standard default setting of combat to manual right away, which made it more involving, for sure. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. You're trading just sitting there doing nothing to just sitting there lifting your thumb up and down. <laughs> I, I didn't find it to be that way. I had to do some stuff. I had to flip over some guys with shields, and I had to hit a weird rock monster with a purple face in the head. And, yeah, I had to do some things. It was an ogre. Uh, but uh, at the same token, it definitely feels like just as Final Fantasy made combat easy for people who are intimidated by combat, they definitely have made this. So it's it's pretty tough to just outright lose. I came close on on one boss, um, but it, it, it's it's definitely made for people who don't want to have to deal with like Devil May Cry level skill or difficulty. Yeah. They thinking. try they try and ramp that up towards the end. Oh, yeah. uh, mostly by you know giving you bosses that can take down an entire life bar in one hit or two hits. Mm. You know okay. they they jump it up. It feels desperate though, like they yeah. realized they needed some challenge and threw up some falsies. You know, but like I said if you're enjoying it, good on you, sir. 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's my kind of game. Um, you're just kind of there. You're just enjoying being in a place, and they give you different things to do in the place, and I'm doing them, and I'm liking them. Uh, it reminds me of No More Heroes a little bit in some ways, actually. Just, like, in a place doing stuff. That's the point. That sounds like games. Yeah, well, video games often, like, give you the illusion that, oh, you're actually good at this thing, this fictional thing you're doing is uh, you're achieving at it or you're doing something important and this isn't like that so far you're just talking yeah. to friends and walking around you know cute girls and cute guys i've stripped everyone down as close to naked as i can just because it's funny yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can make oh and papa yo i played that the demo anyway i kind of like what do you it think of that pretty good i like it a lot actually. talking about it i've heard so many mixed things about that one i think people were expecting more in terms of polished gameplay and there's it's not it's a weird concept that i don't think you can expect to have a lot of money put into it uh, it's a very weird concept it's like about abused children running around in south america pretending their lives are magical when they actually are terrified of their abusive parents that's not something that I think anyone's going to put a lot of money into. So it's a little janky sometimes. Uh, collision detection is always on, and uh, the puzzles feel a little bit forced. And, uh, they don't take a lot of thought to figure out. A lot of them just kind of, what's the word for it again? Um, not cause and effect, not supply and demand, um, hit and miss. You guys know what I'm talking about? In a game when you just do stuff and then eventually you do it right? What's that called? Up trying? And trying and failing? No. Up and down. In and out. Nope. You guys know what this is. Wow. Trial and error. That's oh. it. <laughs> trial and error. There's a lot of trial and error puzzles. But uh, it's got great atmosphere and great themes and great symbolism and great fun in that. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, good game. Yeah. 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 And I haven't even asked for questions yet, but uh-huh. people preempted me and asked two questions already. Oh, Jesus. Should we just do those questions for those? Yeah, yet? let's yeah, do it for those guys. Let's Halfway. do those two questions. Quest, uh, but I'm asking on the tweeters right now. Yeah. Pod questions? Couldn't work out phoning Conrad, by the way. Oh, um, uh, that's too bad. But then if he's on his honeymoon, like, desperately wondering why we're not calling him, I'd have to question the man's sanity. <laughs> Yeah, but he said he was going to, oh, I'll call in for my honeymoon. I'm not doing anything important. Like Conrad and his video game journalism, professional love. He just uh, loves being Fucking good. Fucking ask the questions. All right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> did I ask this one already? I feel like he's asked it before. Uh, 1080-bit gamer asks if we think consoles winding down and preparing for Gen 8 will cause more people to move to PC phone games and which of the big three does he think could leave the console race in the eighth generation with iDevices and maybe Ouya PC filling the void? It's a big question. It's two tweets worth. He really wanted to ask that. He hasn't asked that before, has he? It's new to us, right? Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, it's new to you, Hamza. What do you think, Hamza? Do you think... Uh, um, I think Ouya is overrated and overhyped for uh, something that hasn't proven itself at all. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I think it says a lot for for how we as gamers feel that we're putting all this money into something that does that we don't know anything about, but we're so apparently fed up with everything that's currently available that we're jumping at 
down their, their throats essentially to mm. make this product happen, which is essentially a glorified Android device for TV. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, some Android phones you have HDMI out, you can put that on your TV, right? Right. That's okay, I'm being point. I'm being kind of a dick here. I am. No, you're not. No, it's a, it's very interesting that people are hungry for games to take the next step in evolution because they haven't taken one. In a while, I'd say the last big steps were motion control, and some people think that was a backwards step, but still, you know, it changed gaming and really involved online experiences. Those are the two big things that happened, and those both happened a while ago now, five, six years ago now. Um, people want something big to happen, and I think that the they're hoping it's a different set of people having control over what kind of games get made, and they think, oh, yeah, might be the way to make that happen. And I, not not on any sort of grand scale. I think, oh, yeah, will sell hundreds of thousands of units. It'll sell maybe two million or so, but it's never going to be a PS2. It's never going to have 120 or whatever uh, PS2 sold. Yeah. 120 million. We should years. definitely scale back our um, expectations of it. I'm still yeah. supportive of it. You know, mm. I wish them all the best, and I'm looking forward to trying it. Um, but I'm not expecting the world to spin off its axis and shock. Um, yeah. But I do think, you know, what you say about people are willing to, to give that much money to these guys just to get something to be excited about. I, a lot of people I'm getting are, are tired now. You know, this generation is ready. We, we know it's coming to an end. So mm. it's hard to get truly excited for any games at the moment. Um, and the only place where I think people are still... They've got the passion left is, is PC. I think yeah. it's because the PC market is constantly evolving. There's no cycle with PC. It just constantly gets better. And it's also where publishers do not have the final say. So there are a lot of exciting indie projects that come up. We've talked about this before. Um, sure. You know, Legend of Grimrock, Amnesia, um, all these great titles that come out that are also getting better and better visually and, and, and gameplay-wise. Um, so that's I think that's where people are always going to be the most passionate. Um, and I like, I like to think it's going to have more influence next gen, um, especially with just the... Even now, like even though it, there's so much passion from gamers there, and it's still a lucrative market, there are so many publishers that still still treat it like shit. Like mm. we we just had recently Square Enix putting Final Fantasy VII out on PC again, and it was shameful. <laughs> what they, they did was right? oh, they apologized for some of it. Um, mm. They apologized that the DRM they stuck in it. Um, was fucking people over. Um, you know, they take the money and then didn't have a game for them. Uh, it was shockingly poor, and it still goes on. You know, we still have people like they've said the Darksiders Two PC version apparently is 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 just a another slapdash port. Um, and you know, I get why the ports happen, but do they have to be shit? You know, who knows? Yeah. But but I hope. I hope that, that less and less developers treat the PC market like a piece of shit because it's, I don't know, it's an old stereotype that the PC market is a load of, of, of jank that's not going to make any money um, when it's just not true. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to what Steam is doing with their uh, their big picture uh, feature where you could play Steam games on your TV and it's, it formats properly for the TV. Like I find myself wanting to become more of a PC gamer than a console gamer these days. Um, and I mean, there, 
I think a lot of video game companies have kind of taken advantage of the fact that consoles have these restricted properties, whereas PC, you really don't have that. So it's kind of made them lazy. But, I mean, you're kind of seeing more and more these days. Like, Sleeping Dogs is a perfect example where that game, if you get it on a PC and you get that that, that texture pack- package or whatever it is where it makes the game look just fucking gorgeous over over the console version. It's just a prime example of what I'm, what I'm talking about here. Mm. Yeah. Like, like there, there's really nothing stopping all these companies from just putting all, everything and all into the PC version of the game. But they're just lazy and they're also just... There's always that fear of piracy and everything. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they, they haven't learned... The culture is that you're not going to make that much money off the PC version. And that's just not true anymore, especially if you know how to sell it and if you know yeah. how to show people that they should like and respect your product. I think if Steam could pull off the big picture thing with the Steam box or whatever they're coming out with, so to make the PC games more accessible to mm. to the average person because they're playing it through their TV instead of on their monitor, uh, I think that will, that will go a long way, and I really hope they're successful with that. Yeah, if Steam comes out with a console... That'll probably be my favorite console of the next generation, for sure. Yeah. 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 Do you think any of the uh, three current console developers might drop out? I don't think so. No, I don't, not everyone? this generation. Yeah. yeah, maybe not so much this generation. Everyone's locked in. But afterwards, you know, out of everyone, I see Microsoft putting positioning themselves to be that media center more than everything else. You're already seeing that with the 360, with all the, the non-gaming apps they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony, I think, is going to start trying to follow suit there. Uh, they they kind of already have those features, but they were not, not really pushing it They hard. tried to push the PS3 as that at the beginning of this generation, um, but didn't. they just confused everyone. <laughs> well, much like everything they try to push, they kind of yeah. give up after six months. Yeah, indeed. Pretty Which much. is annoying... Because, I mean, the PS3 and the Vita, they're fucking great products. And then, they, yeah. yeah, they just get w- distracted by something shiny and wander yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. If anyone fails or doesn't continue, I I want to say Nintendo. I, I think they're being too hard-headed with their focus. I think the Wii U still hasn't been properly presented to the average consumer. Um, I'm sure there are still people out there who just think it's some kind of add-on for the original Wii. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I think they're they're being too too thick headed and not taking advantage of the the mobile market. I mean, they could put Mario, the original Super Mario Bros. on the App Store, and they would make so much money. But they're they're not going to do it until they they're like on their deathbed with the consoles, or at least with the handheld, because the handheld, yeah. if anything, will be the first to go. Yeah, and, but 3DS is doing all right, so that probably they're doing all right after they realize they can't get away with overpricing the system and not I mean, putting out. Yeah, any, I think the next challenge any. is to start realizing they can't get away at least much longer with overcharging for the games themselves. Yeah, because um, as 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 I've gotten more and more into like um, iPhone gaming um, specifically, when you play a game that's like anywhere between one dollar and five dollars. And then you play a game that looks worse than it uh, and has just about the same amount of gameplay. And you realize the only thing you're paying 40 bucks for is the fact that you've got some buttons. It doesn't look like a good value call. And I think that game's changing. And I think people are going to have to 
to realise that. It was put into perspective when I played Escape Plan on the PS Vita, uh, and it was it was entirely touch control and looked like an iPad game, and it was set up like an iPad game. Um, the same types of puzzles, the same control scheme, the same three-star rating system at the end of each puzzle. Like, it was totally lifted verbatim from the style of an iPad game, except if it were on the iPad, it would be 99 cents, and they were charging 10 bucks for it. And it's once you, once that perspective hits you, you realise that the mobile game has completely changed and Sony and Nintendo haven't realised it yet. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, though, Hamza, how come people always think Nintendo should put their games on iPhone and not, like, Sony or Microsoft? Because they could do that too, I guess, right? I, I mean, of course, uh, they all can do that. And, I mean, Sony has, is already doing that with uh, their mobile suit. They have ah, uh, Sony and everything. Microsoft yeah, does that as well. They've got Windows Phone. Yeah, so. that's true. Oh, yeah. 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 I forgot. I, I mean, out of all of them, though, I mean, Nintendo has that backlog. Those original those original Nintendo games, those original Super Nintendo games, they lend themselves well to a degree to the, to the mobile market. I mean... It's the stuff that would sell. It's like you yeah. tell someone with a, an iPhone, hey, you know you can get Mario on that shit? And they'll get excited. I think it's. Mm. I think it speaks more to the respect that people have for Nintendo's library that they think it would do so well on the on the yeah. mobile space. Um, plus, you know, they don't have a dog in that race. Um, Iwata constantly says he doesn't think that Apple is his competition, is Nintendo's competition. If that's true, why are you afraid to put Mario on there? Fucking do mm. it! Do it! Do it, wanker! <laughs> he doesn't want to kill the 3DS. I know, it's um, it's a pride thing. It's a pride and a fear thing. Well, if they, uh, they like having control over their own consoles. If they... Nintendo has done so much because they got to decide how their games are played and uh, on what they're played, and if they lose that, they lose a huge amount of control over what kind of games they can make, which... I bet is scary for them, uh, but the, the fact that they've, I mean, it was 30 years ago that Pitfall came out this week, and you think about where Pitfall is right now as a series, you know, nobody gives a shit at all, and Mario is just five years, or it's, it's almost 30 years too, right? What's Mario at, like, it's 28th anniversary or something? It's Two almost that five, whatever. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. The fact that the series has been able to remain relevant for this long is crazy. No one else has even come close to doing that. And to imagine that they're going to be able to do it forever is just not realistic, I don't think. Well, and funny enough, uh, this is just a random segue, but um, Pitfall for iOS was just recently released by Activision. I don't know if it's oh, a straight really? port or like an updated. I, got, I'm, I forget, but... huh. Just They're gonna out. Mario's gonna have to fall almost as far as Pitfall has, I think, before before that happens. But who knows? Maybe that'll be after this generation. We'll we'll see. Uh, wow, that was a good, nice, long answer, guys. You did it. Um, oh, Pitfall is a Temple Run uh, ripoff, basically. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> shitty version. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool story. Jeebus saves eighty eight asks what our opinion of <laughs> what our opinion of stereoscopic three D and how it's being implemented in games if we'd like to see more. Hey. I I don't mind seeing a little more, but I don't I don't care. Remember remember much. how everyone was like, Oh my god, three D and now everyone's like, uh 
Yeah. And from the beginning, from the beginning, I said, I called bullshit on it. In every Destructed story I did where I quoted some fucking moron in a suit and tie telling us how 3D was the future. And I kept posting header images of Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, just to show them that we've done this dance before. And people were saying, oh, Jim, why would you do that, you idiot? And I was right. Ha! Um, That said, I, I like 3D. Yeah, me too. I've just of the opinion that it's not the future. It's potentially a part of the future. It's a nice little feature to have in a TV you were going to buy anyway. But it's not like you rush out. It's not a big selling point. EA said today, like, they don't think it is. Uh, and I, I don't think it is. Sony as well, they were big on 3D and have admitted recently they're sort of taking a step back from it. Yep. Yeah, and it's... And that's wise. It's like, definitely have 3D features, but... They're not a selling point. It's a yeah. nice little feature to have, um, but it's not something. It's not something you can do that people are going to go, "Oh my god!" And it's in three D. Yes, please. Um, and they're starting to do that. Thank fuck with movies like you know Brave and 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 whatnot have come out. And then it's not like Brave three D where it's just going to be endless shots of people throwing things in slow motion at the camera. It's a movie that happens to be in three D, and if that's. You want. Yeah, yeah, and that's and it can be enjoyed without the 3D stuff just as easily, and that's exactly what we want. I mean, there was there was a film I was I can't remember what film it was, but there was a film recently I was interested in seeing, and then I realised that it was called the film's name 3D, and the second Silent Hill, it's Silent Hill Revelations 3D. That's it. Mm-hmm. The second you put the 3D on there, it's like right, you're going to show me slow motion images of things going near the camera. And sure enough, the trailer had Pyramid Head swinging his sword in slow motion toward the camera. Um, and that's not that's not a film. That's just a selection of events that could be happening in any order. Uh, and that's, that's the wrong way of doing 3D. And gaming, I feared, would be doing that. Um, and I think a few games have come out where it's just throw shit at the screen. Um, doesn't make it fun. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's like the next TV, when when I upgrade the TV, like the, the main room TV, you know, I'll probably get one with 3D if it's got it, but I won't go out of my way to seek one out. For me, smart TV is the the interesting thing. I think that's the thing that the game companies need to be looking at, this idea that you can get apps running directly off a new television. Um, yeah. That's interesting especially with where Microsoft's concerned, uh, where they've been, they've been saying shit like, oh, well, the Xbox has value. You pay for Xbox Live, you get Netflix, you get Amazon Video, you get Twitter. Uh, but now they're bringing out TVs that do that shit built in, rendering half of what you supposedly pay for on Xbox Live fucking useless. It's like, why am I paying 60 bucks a year for a service that gives me Netflix, Twitter, and, and Facebook when the TV does it directly without the middleman? Uh, that's that. I think is where the potential money is, sure. not not three D so much. Yeah, yeah. I have a two part report to that retort. I just wanted to quickly say I saw Paranorman in two D today, oh, yeah. and it's it is a lot like Silent Hill at times, which is awesome. It was like Silent Hill Junior a little bit. Oh, I know the kids interested in seeing that. I it's think it's my favorite movie of the year by far. I really really enjoyed it. There it drags a bit. Uh, but it's good. The beginning is great, and the ending is satisfying. In the middle, there's some problems. Really good twist ending, too, with one of the characters. It's uh, a minor thing, but it blew my mind that this would happen in a uh, 
movie marketed to kids. You won't see it coming, I promise. Check it out. Paranorman, it's a good movie. So, I'm sorry, Hamza, you were going to say? Yeah. I, I own a 3D TV, and uh-huh. the only reason, it's like a 46-inch 3D TV, and the only reason I own one is because I won it in a beer pong game last year. <laughs> uh, Toshiba was having this like event where they're showing off like their back-to-school technology, you know, promoting for college, whatever, TVs, laptops, and everything, and they had this whole setup where it was like, Oh, yeah, dude, we're in college. Look at this beer pong table. Look at this kegerator. All this other stuff, right? So at before the event started, I was talking to the PR people there. I'm like, hey, you know, it'd be funny if we if we do this beer. They wanted to do a beer pong game regardless with all the journalists and PR people, everyone else that was there. But I was like, hey, you know, it'd be great. Whoever wins this beer pong game gets a TV. Ha, 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 ha. And they all laughed. And then slowly they realized, hey, that's a great idea. So they did. And I won it. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Good job, man. Yeah, it's hard. Fucking yeah. ju- pro journalist here. <laughs> and has it taken your gaming life to the next level? I have yeah. not used the 3D at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> the future. Oh wait, wait. I'm sorry. I did use it once for my Halo um, anniversary review. That was it. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Good yeah. review, dog. There was no Thanks way up. it was going to be the future. Like. You can't enjoy it if you've got one eye or if you're one of the large percentage of people that can't process 3D images. Like, mm. some people's eyes can't do it. Uh, something that exclusive, it's it, you can't build a business around it. Idiots. Fools. And it's just animals. Like, animals. Running the got, industry. <laughs> Chimps. We've got, we've got 62 questions I haven't looked at. What? Can you believe that? Crazy. I'm going to pick one of them. Oh, right? my God. I can't, yeah, sorry to 61 of you guys. <laughs> All right, I'm going to scroll randomly. Sorry uh, to 69 of you guys. One of them just asked, what didn't I like about Moon Eyes Kingdom? That's not a Podtoid question exactly. It was dull and uneventful and unbelievable and just not fun to watch, really. What Moon was Ra- the, Sorry, what was the question? Hamza was being grotesque while he was there. Just one guy asked me, what didn't I like about Moonrise Kingdom? Uh, I like Wes Anderson movies a lot for the scripts that have uh, depth and comedy. Uh, you know, for some reason, I like Arrested Development and uh, Adventure Time, a lot of stuff I like. Moonrise Kingdom didn't have a lot of that. It was just kind of a surface-level, dull, not-very-nice-people walking around and talking, and then it ended. Um, all right, anyway, which video game has the coolest pause screen music? I guess that's our question from uh, Jordha. Yeah, Battletoads does. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. All right. Great show, guys. <laughs> Well no, done. Street Fighter 2. It's not really battle music. It's just like, <laughs> when you pause it. Yeah. yeah, that is the best pause sound. But for music that plays hey, during the pause, hey, thing, it's battle. This is yeah. a feature idea. I'm going to tell Chad to do this. You should do a I'd feature love it. about best pause music, so best pause things. I don't think we really games nowadays do pause I can talk anything. about that for a while. It's more of a no, retro thing. Really. It is, but people like retro a little bit. No one pauses their games anymore. Yeah, I put. Uh, I've got no basis for that assumption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put uh, the sub screens always or menus or something, right? Yeah, there's usually something. There's always something behind that button. Press yeah. it. See what happens. Indeed. So that's the show. We yeah. did it. We did oh. it, guys. If people thought you know this show was great, it was kind of stale. Um, where do I go for some fresh material from you guys? Uh, where would they go if they were looking for some shit that you've been doing, Jonathan? 
Oh, me? Psych, for uh, fuck's sake, Jonathan. <laughs> like I was saying earlier in the show, just today, the new podcast I do, a uh, new episode of it went up, Subholmes, it's for video game developers and culture, and we had Jonathan Mack, who developed Everyday Shooter and was one of the co-developers of Sound Shapes, which is a new game on the PSN <laughs> network, and uh, PSN network, oh shit, sorry guys. That's uh, like saying ATM machines, stupid. I know, and you <laughs> said Destructoid.com earlier, Hamza, and I was like, what are, what, are you, what are you trying to make sure we didn't go to the .org? Hamza. Anyway. Yes, actually. People, people are <laughs> yeah, dumb. There's child porn on .org. <laughs> I didn't know that. Anyway, Jonathan Mack and uh, Sean Shawhan is the, the guy who helped him develop it. He did a lot of the music and design. Sound Shapes, it's a new game they made, and we talked about making the game and working with Beck, who does some music for the, the game, and also Super Brothers, who did some of the graphics and what their design choices were and how they feel they were uh, testy at times but i won them over by the end i think in my mind i did anyway that's on itunes right now you're a hard man to hate jonathan i should know i try every day (laughs) yeah you've tried to hate me i think and most of the time i think i've not been hated i feel if i I feel i'll break the cycle i think if i hated you i would break the cycle of your abuse by me I do it for you because I love you. And then I remember why I'm trying to hate you because I love you and then I just love you and don't hate you. Destructoid.org redirects to Destructoid.com. Just in case anyone's wondering. Oh, so we can go to .org for now on. Good to know. Thanks, Hamza. Let's just all um, go to .org. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what's happening. <laughs> go to the websites, cool dudes. I will. I will check that website out later. Thank you. Uh, yeah. This Sunday... We have uh, Auntie Pixelanti, Anna Anthropy, someone who has some history with Destructoid. She is willing to be on the show. I did not think I would convince her. It's been months uh, of annoying her and saying, come on, just be on the show. She hated Jim Sterling for a while. Now I think she likes him. She, she hates doesn't him. like me. Oh. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, her? Well, I'll ask her. if she. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I, I want to make sure I'm not confused here. Uh, she's not the one who did video game tro- uh, troops, tropes. No. Okay, this no, is the one who, uh, who uh, attacked us. you a couple years ago for feminism stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and Jim is in good company. Jim- I think there's about three people in the industry that uh, Auntie Pixelanti does not dislike, I think. I don't think I'm one of them. I think she probably dislikes me. We'll see. Uh, she'll be on the show this Sunday to talk about... She's got a book out called Rise of the Video Game Zinesters. I mentioned about- in that I hear... Um, not favorably yeah, maybe at you all. Are. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which is fair enough. <laughs> I bet. Oh, uh, you know what? Now did... I know why I'm confused here. I met her. Oh, yeah. I saw pictures of her girlfriend and Nero once. This and was... she liked Nero, but everyone likes Nero. This was at GDC like a couple of years ago or whatever. And... Last year, I think they saw Nero. Um, I, maybe they saw you too. She, uh, she was really drunk. <laughs> she like no, like she was so drunk that she like jumped over a couch or something and <laughs> said something about you, Jim. I forget what. I don't think it was like I think she was like, Oh haha, that was funny or some something about the whole incident. Oh, they I found it pretty funny, um which is cool. 
Yeah, we'll see how that goes. She makes really interesting video games and hates a lot of people. So we'll talk about those things. She you made know who you should try to get on the show? Who's that, Hamza? The, the, the people behind Fat, Ugly, or Slutty. I don't know what that is. Oh, you've never heard of that. Okay, it's a website that basically chronicles all uh, PMs, private messages that girls get from from um, Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, and all this other stuff, and publicly displays it all. Usernames huh? and everything full. So you know, you know how there's a lot of just fucking idiots on Xbox Live or anything. Like, hey, you stupid girl, go make me a sandwich instead of playing games. Girls that get this will like screen cap it and send it to her, and they'll it'll get posted on the blog. It's really great, actually. I fucking love it. Um, check it out. Yeah, she would. She would be a great guest. I wonder if Auntie Pixelanti hates as many people as I think she does. Maybe maybe she doesn't. Uh, she hates Kotaku with a passion, though. Man. Anyway, we'll see how that goes, and I will try to get the slutty people on the show too. Hamza, what's it, what's it called again? <laughs> Fat, ugly, or slutty. I will try to get them on there. Fat, ugly, or slutty. Good idea. Yeah, we got a lot of good people booked for a while. Um, cool. That's all I got. How about you guys? What you doing? Well, Hams has got a lot of... Well, we talked about the Gamescom previews. They're all on mm. Destructoid.com, aren't they, Hamza? Yeah, they're all on Destructoid. Uh, I still have some more stuff coming up. I had this big Firefall feature go up on the site today. Tomorrow, I'm going to have something on Hawken, talking about some new things. Um... I'm going to have this really great interview going up with um, uh, Sean Murray from Hello Games on Joe Janger, the movie that's coming out for XBLA sometime in September. Um, like This was one of the, probably one of my best interviews of my entire career working for the site. It was just really cool talking to him. and just like he, he was like an open book telling me all about um, the development behind the game. And I mean, one cool thing that I'll tease right now is that... Um, he uh, he was talking about how he had the game at Gamescom last year, and based on what he, the team saw, like people how they they reacted to the levels and the the troubles people had, they like basically scrapped the entire game and reworked it from the ground up. Like they had fifty or sixty levels at the time, they killed all the levels and started again just so because they weren't happy with the reaction. So um, that was really cool. Uh, he would he would make a great guest for sub homes too. Yeah, um, if you have his uh, email, we're booked yeah. into like November now, but I I'd love to get him on. Yeah, sure. I'll de- definitely remind me. We'll make that happen. Um, I got all that. Uh, Pax is coming up. I'm doing all the scheduling for that right now. There's a lot of cool stuff. We're actually going to focus mostly on indie titles. So uh, there's a lot of indie love at Pax. And it's more so than ever this year. Like the indie mega booth, they're gonna have 30, 30 indie companies showing off over thirty indie games. Um, so we're gonna have a lot of stuff from that. Plus, we're gonna have an official PAX Prime party, and like this is a real party, like sponsored by a video game company and open bar and stuff. Not the not our usual uh, meetups and stuff, but which is what we're still gonna have. But I mean, I'm just really excited that like. I've I've fought for this for like the last three years. Something always falls through at the last minute. So, like I'm just I'm like I can't believe this is actually happening. But um, yeah, we'll have some news on that tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> what? So you're like uh, uh. uh so <laughs> much stuff you're doing, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's a ton of stuff you just cycled through. Brand yeah, good. And, 
And the last thing I want to tease right now is that the Destructor Store is coming back. Um, I signed a contract a couple years ago, or a couple years ago, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we'll be announcing that soon, hopefully in the next week or so, with a bunch of new shirts, a bunch of new designs coming to you soon, so you could buy it and give us money so we could fucking do this stupid podcast. Yeah. T-shirts, yeah. hats, maybe yeah. some stickers. Sounds awesome. So yeah, that's my major things. Um, Jim Sterling. Hello. Hello. Oh, delighted. Um, this week <laughs> I did another blatantly better. I'm really glad I'm doing those again. Um, on Friday I posted it. It was how. Xbox Live is blatantly better than PlayStation Network. Don't let the title upset you. Read it. It is fun, irony, and satire for the children. Um, shot straight to the top of N4G, I noticed. Um, yeah, they like that kind of thing. Um, things that imply that Sony might be good at things, as the, the article did, um, despite the title. Um, always sad when it's called trolling. Um, they say, oh, first I thought it was really serious, then I found out it was trolling. It's like, the, it, it was the humour bit in the middle of those two extremes. Um, always sad when it's just called trolling, like we've forgotten what humour is and jokes mm. are. But, you know, people still liked it, which is good. And again, you know, a lot more laid back than it used to be. There were some people taking it very seriously, though, which is always interesting. Um, you, fucking, you fucking call the, like, the developers of of uh, prototype like rapists once or something right pedophiles no oh, maybe I might have called them that yeah <laughs> yeah 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 they, they didn't like that they didn't they didn't see the humor no of... that was the infamous guys that you said that to infamous I said oh it's infamous versus prototype yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really tore into infamous and most of it was just for like exaggerated effect because I thought it was an alright game not great not good even but it was okay um, but yeah they got upset um, Classic Jim Sterling. Hey, hey, hey. Fuck my hey, ass. Um, I also today did a, an article called "The Top Demony Demons to Have Done Demon Stuff in Games." Uh, that's also on Destructoid. That is about uh, demons, the most demon-like demons. Um, it's just an excuse to write it's pretty, pretty, shit. Pretty good. Really, as most of my stuff is. Uh, also, I did a review. I reviewed Transformers: uh, Fall of Cybertron. Um, Good game. It's not great, mostly because it, it basically copies exactly the last one, um, but with a few downgrades. So it's a, it's a shame. It's I, I expected much better, but didn't get it. But it's still good. It's still decent. You know, it'll do. Uh, I guess that's it for me. Oh, and if you go to escapismagazine.com, um, I did my new Jimquisition. That's uh, called where Boycott, Why Boycotts Fail, Where Whining Tantrums Win, um, which is about boycotts and tantrums yeah. uh, I guess that's it as usual it's about boycocks boy yeah <laughs> and uh, tant comes and horse vaginas <laughs> <laughs> that's it and yeah. um, check us out you can review us on iTunes you can check us out what the hell was that it's like the 90s check w- us out bro wicked dudes <laughs> let's be totally radical and give us a bodacious review on iTunes and get our Android app off Amazon Marketplace for two bucks and listen to the podcast on your phone as if you couldn't already do that. And we'll be back next week, probably. Yeah, actually, really quick before we sign off here, um, on Destructoid right now, there's a there's a feature article by um, an ex-Vigil developer, uh, 
Andy Modrovic, I'm butchering his last name, but he actually wrote an entire piece about uh, how he was left off the credits of Darksiders 2. We ran a news story about this last week. He was gracious enough to write a full on article about this this growing issue. This actually well known issue. It's been a long time. I mean, ever since gaming, you know, first started, like people sure. have been left off credits. Um, it's a it's a big problem. I mean, you know, he's he put a ton of work into the game, and there's no recognition, no credit here at all. Uh, so you know, it'd be great. Go go read his piece. Go spread it around. Um, you know, this is a bigger issue than Polygon making a documentary about themselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, submit the cars that over. That, those are like the like the main Twitter controversies of today. Like Polygon's making a documentary and PopCap going under, but no one's talking about this whole this uncrediting issue. So, sure, check it out. Uh, and follow me on Twitter. I'm at CDZ. Oh, I forgot about Twitter. Yeah, I'm at TronNotts, T-R-N-K-N-O-T-T-S. And you're already following me. Yes, you are. Fuck you. <laughs> I, rare, rare do I feel like being arrogant. I felt like being at home, so fuck well, the it's police. Well, actually true. Yeah, you've, uh, you've got more Twitter followers than... Well, maybe not quite. But it's pretty even with what our regular listenership is, right? With the pod toys. Pretty close. Yeah. Good. Anyway, someone just sent me a Justin Bieber sex doll box. Oh, I guess God. I'll save that for next that's week. That's right, next week, yeah. On the top, yep, it says, I'm not so that's, gay. That's Junk. something to look forward to, isn't it, ladies and yep. gentlemen? Let's talk about Justin it. Bieber's rubber dick. I'm going to tease it. Oh, you're, you're going to tease it, all right. Yeah, it's going to tease so it. weird. I just need to talk about it. so hard. Yeah, it's a penis. At the top, it says, I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll read the rest next week. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, until then, we are a bit gay, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye. I mean, I don't have to say bye. Well, I did. Fuck it. That's fine. That's okay. That's all good. Wow, that was my favorite podcast yet.